Whoa, I was so early comparatively. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> nah, but I, it was 30 it. seconds past. Mine says uh, it's 1.7 seconds behind, so. Uh, maybe, that's your, yeah. That's your, that's your computer clock, not the clock you're seeing. Yeah, no. Well, something that is today is uh, an episode of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. This is episode 31 uh, of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast, airing August 21st, 2022. I'm blind and I'm still hosting, and I'm joined by Bellinaire. How are you today? Hey, hey, I am kind of melting. It's mega humid. We've had massive thunderstorms for four days, five days now. And just ridiculous amount of water and heat and thunder and all the fun. So it's kind of boiling. 24-7. Ray. That sounds fun. And FG's here. How are you today? Well, I did, I did just read about how my sponsorship thing didn't go, so... <laughs> Besides that, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, though. We are finally no longer in a heat wave. Our heat finally broke, like, this Tuesday, so... It's actually, like, really nice here. It's, like... 20 degrees? I think I just read uh, that they're predicting another one for UK. No! Go away, go away. I don't want to hear about it. We're no, supposed no, no, to get no. another one in like two weeks, and then it's supposed to be an air quotes early start to the winter, but right now I'm kind of with FG. It's like, it's been like 23 to 25 and kind of lovely, with the exception of yesterday, which was 34 for some reason. <laughs> just random 34. Just, yeah, yeah, whatever. It, it Why like not? Very low temperatures, nice and pleasant, like not hot at all. And then yesterday I was like, why is it so fucking hot when I walked outside? But like, aside from that, it's mm. been perfectly reasonable. It's really rough always when it uh, swings uh, that heavily. Yeah. Up, yeah. up or down. Mm. Just always such floors me totally. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking I'm looking at the next 10 days of weather and there's nothing on here that's over 25 degrees. So, Excellent. yeah. That's, I, mean, that, I, mean, I, mean, that, I mean, that is a heat wave in Finnish standards. <laughs> that is not a heat wave for, this, for the standards here. It's warm and it's surprisingly warm. And it's been surprisingly warm for a very long time, like in a row, because it's been basically warm since like the start of July here, which mm. is odd. And it's been unseasonably hot and unseasonably dry. We, there were areas in the areas in the UK in where in July there were like zero to twenty five millimeters of rain for the entire month in the UK. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's very similar to here. Um, it's ridiculous. And, uh, we have all of your rain when it's, yeah. it's usually the least rain is part of Finland. Yeah, like it's well. been like you, you have no rain since like it was July, and we have had nothing but rain since mm. July, more or less. So, the, but hey, the, climate change, right? <laughs> the the yeah. next fourteen days, these are the guaranteed highs. It's like 28, 25, 23, 22, 22, 27, 32, 31, 27, 34, 31, 32, 27. <laughs> so it's like, eh, it's not bad. Yeah. There's and that's the guaranteed highs, and it's mostly mostly cloudy in there. Um, although yeah. tomorrow I'm going to Norvan Falls, which is a very easy hike with a very cold waterfall and little puddle that comes from a glacier uh, at the end of it. So I'm going to go do that tomorrow and then set up a hammock and bring a six pack of beer. It'll be fun. That sounds, that really sounds fun. great. Yeah, that sounds great. Like, like in this weather, I would be just under the waterfall. There's Zen belched. Oh, nice cold water. <laughs> it's great. It's great, though, until some very muscly Chad with his girlfriend jumps on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Yeah. Well, that's one of those. It's one of those kind of hot spots where like the yuggins go to like go, you know, I don't know, do whatever they do, run around with not enough clothing on and go swimming. Um, Makes so sense. Uh, you kind of want to stay away from the it. waterfall itself, but like you can, there's plenty of space for other people. 
Mm. Now here it's going to be nice and I'm going to veg the entire weekend and just be a non-melty, lazy, relaxed person. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Mood. Yeah, Mood. very much so. <laughs> it's going to be great. I've just been like weirdly exhausted this entire week with kind of like no real logic. Like yesterday, this is going to sound stupid. I ended my stream early yesterday and only did 11 and a half hours because I was just so <laughs> tired. Only. only. Yeah, I've I, I, ended. Yeah. So sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, it's fine. I, I just had this funny thought on stream yesterday. I was like, man, I think I might er end early today. And Chad's just like, early? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be but fair. Go on, FG. No, I was just going to say, I, I actually ended up, uh, I ended early like twice this week and yesterday as well yesterday i was like just super tired like i could i just it was so hard to focus at the end because i was like so tired because it was like it was like the perfect nap taking temperature yeah. in the room like because there's this like this there's there is a temperature where it's just perfect to take a nap and yeah i don't know i signed it early but sometimes you just got to do that <laughs> did, did you take a nap though I didn't know. I didn't actually take a nap. I had a nap on Sunday though. That was that was good. No, like, all my 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 uh, because of the weather here, the f fungal spores are like insane, and I'm like severely allergic to fungal spores to certain fungal spores, which is why I sound as if I have a cold, because uh, I have a sore throat, and that was my microphone doing no noisy naughty noises. Um, we'll fix it in post. So I have a I have a sore throat and. Um, uh, yeah, it's not so great, but I'll be fine. Yeah, I, fine? I've had a. Uh, you can probably hear it in my voice. I have a bit of seasonal aller allergies here as well. Um, like I've got, I, I've got like a lump in my throat right now. But it's yeah, same. it's literally <laughs> just because of, uh, yeah, it's same thing allergy. you were just saying. Yeah, stupid allergies. Just need to go get an antihistamine. It'll clear up in ten minutes. See that's the, the, this is the the thing is this is already me on antihistamines. <laughs> I've been yeah, on antihistamines since like I don't know February. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, no, at this point, it's almost like just eating throughout the year. Yeah, yeah, it is for me. Like I get like maybe a month reprieve in the middle of winter. It should be better in the new house than in the old one because the old one was like a typical like older UK house, so it was like rather drafty and and moist. Yes, mm, I said I it. Have some, I have some terrible experiences of a yeah, crappy exactly. UK houses. Uh... Yeah, and this one is new, and it's because we already we already like we caught the tail end of winter when we moved, um, because it was like really cold again for a couple of weeks, and this one is not like this, not like that. So it you know it. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. I was just gonna say it just it just stays at a proper temperature, and it doesn't get super duper humid. So that should help with the allergies with the fungal yeah, spores. That's very nice. Yeah. Was the old house the kind of thing where, like, when it was cold outside, you'd put your hand on the window and it was just dripping wet? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. In the morning, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was uh, in UK for uh, the exchange student thing, and uh, one of the apartment, like the house we went to check in, uh, when you go went to the basement, you could see uh, outside from the basement because uh, it was just full of holes there, whole, oh wow, like foundation. That's crazy. And there was mold in the showers and. Mm. Something was growing on the wall. It's like, hmm, yeah, we're not taking this house. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't quite that bad, but yeah, it was definitely like in the mornings when you wake up, there was just condensation like all over the windows and that sort of stuff. It's just, ugh. it's 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 a house from the seventies, so you know it's getting on fi fifty years now. It definitely needed modernization, but yeah, 
Now we have a new house, so all good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, fingers crossed. Let's let's not jinx it. <laughs> yeah, who, who knows what kind of a uh, building errors they've done? And no, no, I can't hear you. Half <laughs> of the la, kitchen la, collapses I next week. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, fortunately, <clears throat> kitchens generally don't collapse, though. Generally, Ge- generally, yeah, I'm sure there's kitchens that have collapsed. Oh, I'm sure you could find some videos in China of kitchens collapsing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know those just those 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 lovely videos on the internet where it's just like, oh look, perfectly normal highway. Oh look, giant sinkhole. Oh look, the highway's gone. Mm, yeah. In just yeah, a few are... seconds. Gotta love those videos. It's a real way yeah. to just get very scared of irrational things. <laughs> and then and then you watch those kind of videos when they take place in Japan and they, the sinkhole opens and then 24 hours later the sinkhole is gone because they've already refilled it and built the road again Yeah, yeah. they're efficient insane efficiency unlike Montreal where they've been repairing the same roads for the last 50 years what? Yeah. definitely yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's all kind of problem in the northern areas anyways because you kind of have to be constantly repairing the roads. Oh, yeah, true. Winter, so. yeah. yeah, but you can do it efficiently and actually repair the roads in a reasonable amount of time. Or you can just, like, keep repairing the same roads and ignore the other half of them. Here, what they, here what they do is they just use crappy repair methods. Mm. So they fill it in with, like, a little, little bit of tar and, like, just, you know, kind of, like, just fill in the potholes. And you know that by next winter, at the latest, the potholes just going to be back because it was just yeah, like a bigger yeah, it's just a stopgap map. This measure. time it will be stronger. <laughs> also, oh my god, we sound so old when we talk about. We are. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we are old. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be interesting how what they do with this area because they did like the huge, massive plan of like a rezoning this whole area. Mm. They're gonna change roads and build some new houses and bulldoze like half the buildings uh, in this area. I just read a book on city planning and road design. I, <laughs> I don't know. You're not even playing cities or something. Old. What? Oh, I should go play cities. I mean, mm-hmm. eh. there's not enough trains or something similar. No, there's not. If I could make yeah. uh, entirely walkable cities in cities, I'd consider playing cities. They're actually planning like a like a tram local train kind of thing which would uh, have a stop almost exactly at my doorstep uh, if it goes through I was, cool. I was about to say they already have trams in cities what are you talking about oh you're talking about yeah. like literally <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yes yes like a real life a real life city like they built those in a uh, Tambra a few years ago and I would love to have those more in all over the Finland but they're, sadly not they're mm. extending SkyTrain down past where my parents live all the way into Abbotsford here um, Skytrain is essentially like our rapid transit. It's just, it's a subway, but it's above ground because it would flood if it was underground because it would be below mm-hmm. sea level mm. um, in most places, except for the areas where it can go underground and then it does go underground. But yeah, it's kind of the same in Helsinki. Like, uh, but in like, the city center, it's like a subway and then outside uh, it just goes above the ground. But the issue with it is building an elevated train line like two stories above a road is it just, it takes forever. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it like, does. It's, it's it's supposed to be done by 2028, and that's assuming there's no delays. <laughs> so yeah, when so, at five years, when I uh, when I used to lived back in or when I lived back in Germany in in Dortmund, they were um, 
it was there was an existing tram line. Well, it was an existing subway slash tram line because it was above ground, and then when it went to the city center, it went below ground. And they moved. They 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 moved two stations and the track, you know that that went to those two stations underground, and it took. Fifteen years. Oi. Well, it takes a really long time to dig and to move yeah. like the moving trains and all that sort of stuff. Like to do all of yeah. that, that is a lot of work. Yeah, but no kidding. It the, was so worth it. <laughs> the the nice thing about that the the train line that they're building though is, um, when it's done, I'll actually be able to go to concerts out in Abbotsford because there's a really big arena out there. It's where the uh, Vancouver Giants are like mini hockey team play or the the the, the minor leagues hockey team plays, mm. and they they're, they they have like big concerts out there a couple times a year. That I always look at, I'm like, oh, I'd like to go to that. And then I always look at it again, and I'm like, oh, actually, that's in Abbotsford. That's that's a hour and a half bus ride. No, thank you. Um, yeah. But like sucks. once the train's done, it'll be a 20 minute train ride. Can't wait. That's great. Yeah. Fortunately, there's like no other reason to go in that direction, so I'm not really like <laughs> losing anything for the train not being there. So I can wait for mm. the five years. That's fine because like I'm walking distance from the train right now, and I can go from here to downtown in like. 40 minutes and it's it's fine yeah, yeah. it's really nice having like a proper working and public transportation system we just got our bus we we yeah. uh they, they just they uh because obviously this is a whole new building area so they they finally rerouted the bus to go one of past our main uh, bus companies were working in this city just went bankrupt uh, because they were uh, well handling the company really bad uh, so they had low, massive uh, debts and things like that uh, so yeah. they've been like scrambling the, to move the contracts to the other bus companies who operate here, but they again magically just get new more buses and more drivers mm, and everything. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. But apparently, uh, after they ended the contract with the uh, other bu bus company, the uh, buses have been eighty percent more uh, on time. <laughs> like they were actually handling everything really badly. So the bus has been better, but less. Um, the, the issue with rapid transit here is as long as you're in like the greater Vancouver area or the lower mainland, rapid transit's great. Like there's trains, the buses are consistent and fast. There's a lot of them. Like they have the R lines, which just go every to every single major hub and they run every three minutes. You can see like when they're going to leave and everything. They're always on time. Like the bus system here is fantastic. But the second you get outside of like the greater Vancouver area, it's your option is dot bus, which is essentially just Greyhound where it's like $15 and yeah, you'll be on it for 15 hours, but you'll get to the next city um, and the next city is not guaranteed to have uh, trains or buses or anything. Uh, like for me to get to, from here to Hope, which is uh, where uh, <laughs> uh, Rambo First Blood was filmed, because I was looking at this recently because there's some areas up there I want to go backpacking. It's a 14-hour bus ride from here to there. It's a three-hour drive. Wow. Like, if you get in a car and just drive there, it's three hours on the highway. 14 yeah, it's hours. Terrible. It's because it goes everywhere. It yeah. goes to yeah. every single tiny little town on the way and parks at every one of them for 15 minutes. It's like, oh, my God. But yeah, like, that's kind of the problem here with the bus as well. It's like, yeah, I've done that with overland buses here in the UK as well. From here to Helsinki, 10 hours on a bus. Uh, you can you can drive that uh, six uh, hours-ish. Yeah. Um, I've done that. I've done that. Um when I was still living in Germany, about this was like 20 years ago though, but like going on holiday to Croatia, which when you drive is about, because I went to Southern, like really, really the Southern tip of Croatia. Um, if you drive from where we were, it's like, it's it's an 18 hour drive. 
but it's like an 18 hour drive, right? Is it like a common uh, holiday location it for is a common, Germans? Yeah, it is. It is. Because yeah. I, I know, I mean, half of my community is like German, so yeah, yeah. close by, and they, a lot of them have been going to the Croatia as well, like yearly. It's, or... it's really nice. It's really nice. Southern Croatia is really far, so most people like go to northern Croatia because that's already. Mm-hmm. It's so much closer, and you yeah. know, it's like it shaves like ten hours off your trip, basically. Um, but we took a bus, and it took like thirty hours. It was crazy, <laughs> yeah. It was bad. Jeez. Yeah. Well, you know, it's bad. not going to take us thirty hours. Is uh, talking about games, so I think we're going to take Hopefully a real quick not. break, <laughs> and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the games that we've been playing this week because that was a long intro. So, we'll be right back after this. Hi, Arch from Arch Play Stuff here, and you're listening to the Halcyon Frequency Podcast, Honduras's number one gaming podcast. Back to the show. And we're back. Once again, this is the Halcyon Frequency Podcast, episode 31. I'm blind hosting this show, and I'm with Bellinaire and FG Squared. So we've got a couple games on here that I'm pretty sure that most of us have played. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just start off by saying, Bell, can you talk to us a little bit about Two Point Campus? Yeah, sure. So sequel to the hospital, which I keep always uh, mixing up when I talk about them. It's like Two Two Point Hospital, no campus. But yeah, it's basically the sequel to Hospital, and instead of Hospital, you run a campus, which is basically almost exactly the same. It's like. Hospital, prison, school, they're all the same. Institution is an institution, basically. <laughs> uh, if you've seen one game, it's basically very similar. And uh, They've just, uh, in my opinion, improved a lot. Uh, like, I like the hospital, but the campus is a better game, in my opinion. Yep, agreed. Like, uh, especially, like, you have the GPQs and everything in the hospital that's very annoying, and you need to build a lot of that. Same same build, like, rooms. Uh, and I, I usually just... Uh, did one really good one and then just copy paste there that uh but in like campus uh, i've been actually bothering to do to spend time and making like on every map making really nice uh, uh like specific rooms and specific like a new ones uh, each time instead of just copy pasting it like a champion i also really like that uh like ma- like in, in hospital you also had like t- different teams on the different maps but it usually was like a oh there's a couple new diseases so i need to deal with them and there might be a little something like an earthquake or something but in ca- in the campus uh like each school has kind of the same it's uh, like a one or two new subject uh, but uh, there's like a different team for every map uh, and I, I think that whole teaming works much better in the campus uh, and it work- did in the hospital and it makes it a lot more interesting like you have a wizarding school and a night school and a, like a sports school and so on uh, and different events depending on that as well i think it works a lot better that way it's also one one of those. Uh, that game had a, on launch a very weird issue that I've never seen in any other game, <laughs> where double ASD doesn't work. Everything else works except the A button, <laughs> and you couldn't uh, actually even bind it in any way because of a certain keyboard layouts. And I was like, really wondering like what what is going on with this game. <laughs> Yeah, they had really odd bugs. They had that, and then they had another one where certain time zones would just cause the game to crash. Yeah, like, <laughs> how, does like, really, like, how does that get through? Like, it's not like a um, like Scandinavian keyboard layout is very weird or anything. Like, it's it should be pretty standard, uh, especially if your company who makes the game is like European or UK, I guess. 
Like, you should be pretty used to these uh, keyboard layouts and everything. Yeah, it's a very odd bug. Not to just completely throw it. a wrench into this topic, but I just had to deal with a home invader. <laughs> I had a... Oh, no. I had a, uh, uh, his name's Morgan. He's a very fat black cat just walked into my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> so I missed almost everything you just said, uh, but I, I just had to evict Morgan. Well, that's but why that, we have a recording fine. and you listen to it back later yeah. on. I'll, I'll get another chance <laughs> to listen to it. I mean, as long as it's just a cat, that's fine then. Because I was like, home and widow, what holy crap, call the police, but it's just a cat. <laughs> there's, there's three different cats that live in this like building that have a habit of just walking into my apartment if I leave the door open and the door is open. So mm. <laughs> it's either Charlie, Vasha, or Morgan. It's one of the three of them. But yeah, my so my, you played my... The, the campus as well, FG, right there. I how, did. Yeah. How far did you get into it? Like, I'm currently on the the cheese ball map, mm. which I think is sixth mapper. Mm. I'm currently. I have actually played off stream a lot as well like it's 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 been i've been also really enjoying it i think they they made it a lot more fun than hospital and mm -hmm. they removed a lot of the really tedious things that were in two-point hospital that were just kind of frustrating um and they just they just made it a lot better and um you can do a lot more design stuff i haven't really been bothering with the design stuff but you can design some really cool looking things because you know, you can do like you can do like two rooms and a like two doors in a room, just like basic things like that, which in in hospital it just wouldn't let you do. For example, I have actually one complaint about that because uh, you have like the student lounge or the room or whatever it's called, uh, mm. and you can't like it, it's all you have like a microwave there and a like a kitchen and you fridge and everything, and so it's it's like kind of like like that like a like shared housing common room kind of setup, mm. but also kind of party room. You can't directly put a um, like a actual like a uh, rooms uh, for the students where they sleep. Uh, you can't connect it directly. So yeah, you can't, true, can't make yeah. it like in the common room. You have to have like a separate corridor there. And I really wanted to set up that like in the middle and then just plop uh, rooms around it. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, that would have been really cool. Um, but no, I really enjoyed it. And I'm on map. I only have two maps left, actually. I'm, I, just, I just finished the second to last map, but I'm still actually playing that. Yeah. Because they, um, spoilers, <laughs> this is the third to last one. Um, they give you a giant area to work with in that one, um, which is really cool. So I'm uh, going to go and try to get the achievement where you have to level one of your workers or train one of your workers to level 10 in a in a specific, um, like, or one of the teachers rather. Mm -hmm. into level 10. So I'm going to do that on that map. So I've, I've, been, I've been playing that map for quite a while now. Yeah, the maps in general are surprisingly large like there's a, a lot of extra space you don't really need even if you go for the three stars yeah absolutely and they've they've made it um they made the and this is like really cool for designing as well they made the pathing so much better oh my god the pathing in the game has improved so oh, yeah, they much they don't just walk through objects now <laughs> yeah but you know like also also like the the whole like interacting with doors and then um like people passing each other in corridors mm -hmm. in in hospital it just used to constantly make make them like you know it, it took a lot of, it took, of people and that just doesn't move anywhere yeah and and there would there would it would need a lot of calculations for them to be able to path like mm -hmm. like pass each other and all of that is now gone which is really cool also kind of on that uh I really like that you can now design your own buildings, uh, like you don't have to yeah. use the existing like layouts. Uh. Mm. You start with something, uh, but you can always alter that. And then when you buy a new plotter, uh, you can either buy it with buildings or build uh, without the buildings. And even if you buy with the buildings, you can then just build whatever you want. Uh. 
you can even you can even delete your starting building. I've done yeah. that because they give you like oddly shaped buildings. I just deleted it and I just plonked down like a square or a rectangle. <laughs> yeah, it's also really good to like refunder on like a, I think it's like hundred yeah. percent refund or something. Yeah. And uh, on several maps, especially the one I'm currently on, I've gone like way too big building, and then I'm like, oh no, I don't have any money. Well, I'll just delete half the building because that's in use, and suddenly I have money again. Yeah, no, no it's 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 um. It's I think in all aspects an improvement and it's it's really good. I'm really I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, it does have few like bugs and weirdness still. Yeah, especially if you like uh, take a broom and rotate it. Uh, sometimes the objects that decide that oh this is not acceptable anymore, even though it was uh, just fine this way, and then you pick up the object, put it down the same place exactly, and it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And that's that gets. Uh, Slightly annoying sometimes, especially if you're moving around a lot, which I've been doing a lot. Like I, I've been redesigning a, pretty much every year, school year. The school <laughs> is like a totally different one. <laughs> it would be really weird going to school. It's like, oh, yeah, this is Where different building. Go? It's bigger. It's actually in a different place as well. Every room is in a different location. <laughs> it's like the the shifting hallways, but school yeah, edition. Was, I mean, it was appropriate for the like the wizarding school. True. Yeah, other, so. other map as well. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Uh, well, all I can say is I'm just I'm just glad that those guys hit it hit it again. You know, I, I was yeah. kind of worried when that game got delayed, mm-hmm. and it got delayed twice, didn't it? But um, just I I'm I'm just glad that Two Point is continuing to uh, you know keep that type of game alive. Yeah, I imagine it will get a, a bunch of DLC as well, like the previous one they did. Oh, probably. I, I would assume that they'll have some sort of season pass and like that. Those games are so at a Easy. Okay, I don't know how to make games, but they seem like they're very easy to just kind of add more to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it should yeah. be fairly easy to just add a new school, a little bit of voice acting out, and then a, a new team and like a new subject to do that on. The- Change some colors, add some voice line, add a new school, plot done, 15 bucks. Easy peasy. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Weekend project. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, just, just do, it, do, it, do it in your spare time. Come on, devs. But yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely intend to play all, all 12 of the maps, uh, and if they do DLC, also those. Yeah. yeah, part of my weekend is definitely going to be dedicated to uh, working on one hundred percenting the achievements for uh, Super Point Campus. Well, I, I, I think that we should move on to a game that doesn't have achievements because it's in early access. Mm. But I, yep. I think all of us have played Farthest Frontier, haven't we? We have, yeah. Yeah. So, <sighs> Farthest Frontier. For anybody who maybe missed it the, in the last week, Farthest Frontier is a uh, banished-ish. Uh, city survival, city building game, kind of in a medieval theme in Europe uh, with a bunch of different maps, some interesting farming mechanics and some of the worst UI I've seen in a while. Um, but I'm, I, I'm I'm mixed on this one because I really like it and I played way more of it than I was expecting. I, I apparently have 20 hours in it, um, which I kind of didn't see coming. It just kind of happened. Um, played it uh, on launch day and had a horrible time. But by the end of it, I was starting to really enjoy it. And then the second time I played it, I really liked it. And the third time I played it, played it, I think I really like it. And... <laughs> yeah, I think it grew on me as well. When I when I started, I was like, uh, I'm not sure about this. Like even even like graphically, until I cleared a little space for the village, uh, I felt like this is just a huge clutter of mess that is hard to see anything in. Yeah. yeah what... The more I played it, uh, the more I liked it. Uh... The thing that really irritated me about it is, like, there's those tiny little icons on the ground that, like, indicate different resources, right? 
And yeah. like the game has an option to scale the UI to make the UI bigger, which is great until you realize it breaks the UI, which is not great. Yeah. Um, because mm. half the menus then don't fit, and some of them you can't move. So it's like, why give me a UI scaling option if it's just gonna break the UI? It's probably because it's for bigger monitors, but like it's still annoying. Um, yeah, I had that issue too. But it does. It doesn't scale up the tiny little icons. Like what? Mm. Yeah. What? Hopefully they do that for that. Then like, I mean, it's, there's a reason it's an Alex, I guess. Yeah. Um. Also, like. They they have tutorial op- options on and off, which I think is really funny because seven hours in, the pop up on how to rotate the camera popped up. <laughs> yeah, the tutorial is it's basically non-existent. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's understandable. Like, uh, why bother making a detailed tutorial tutorial until you have like everything in yeah, there? Yeah, totally. But like, there is a full tutorial in there. It's just the triggers yeah. to actually make them pop up are so busted. You won't see them for. Hours, which is very <laughs> funny. It's like this is how you delete a building, and it's like game. I've been deleting stuff for hours. I found the button like two hours ago. What? Yeah. 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 Now, now that you mentioned someone, someone on my stream asked me like, "Is that a good tutorial?" I was like, "That was a tutorial." But then now that you mentioned, yeah, there was like pop-ups every now and then. But like, what's even better later. <laughs> is I realized they started popping up like on day two um, for certain things. Like, there's a very detailed description on how to trade. I didn't get that until my third map. Um, Wait, and after a, I a... traded multiple times on my third map. But there's a very detailed window on how to trade. If you deactivate the tutorial, they still pop up. <laughs> I never got a trading tutorial. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I've seen one as well. Oh, and I, I played it. Well, I didn't play I played only one map, and I played that quite long. I played uh, two different maps. I played play four. Also, because the, t- the trading is a... Uh, such an important part of the game as well. Yeah, it is, yeah. Trading and farming. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Mm. I do like the farming as well. The farming is really cool. With I have the... to... Yeah, I have to... Mean what what like what bothered me the most... And this sounds really weird, because I actually really like the game. I had a, mm-hmm. had a great time with it. This is, again, one of those things where it's like, I'm going to be really harsh with this game because I really like it and I want yeah. it to be really, really good. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just to preface it, I hate... The combat in it, the combat controls are absolutely atrocious. Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. like before defense. So for the first, for the second time, because I started over, um, I just turned it off, and I like it so much more without combat. It's so much better without combat. You, you know, it's... I like that there is the combat, but the combat definitely would be better. Like it, it gives me reasons to do things much more than if there is no combat. There's still so much. To, to do though, like yeah, already without the, the combat. There, there's something that I always wonder that I always wonder about with these types of games. And it's always is everybody always asks, is there combat? Is there combat? Is there combat? Can you fight things? Do things attack you? Is there combat? And whenever I'm playing one of these games, like let's just say Endzone is an, an example, a game that doesn't have mm. combat, it's like all just environmental stuff. It's like mm-hmm. combat would just make this game worse. And it's but kind of funny because now we have, have one with combat, now. and I'm pretty sure the combat makes the game worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is some other ones as well that have like a raiders coming at you and some combat sure. stuff. And on, on those, I have definitely thought as well, like, uh, this is a pretty terrible feature. <laughs> like, the worst I... experience I had in Farthest Frontier was on the Plains map, and I just played on the normal difficulty with everything turned on. And there's mm. wild boars in the Plains map. Um, and they will just, they're essentially, they're very much like the bears if you ran into them or the wolves, mm. mm-hmm. but it takes like two or three people to kill one unless they're fully decked out in gear. And I wasn't even able to expand my city without building fences because like they were just everywhere and they would just kill people. 
Um, like constantly. Yeah, I feel the randomness of the map generation can uh, really screw you over. Yeah, the yeah. map generation needs a little bit of little bit of love still. I don't know if it's yeah, necessarily I... that it needs love. I think it's also I I probably should just placed my starting spot better. But like, um, the, the... yeah, but you can also see all the things that when you place the starting spot, yes. you, so you can know if there is something this like is... a uh, wolf den right slap bang where you place your thing. I, I what I did on the last round was I I set it down to the easy difficulty, um, which doesn't disable the combat. There's still combat. But it um, makes it trivial, so it's less of a oh, there's combat now. Five people just died, boo, and more of a oh, there's combat and one person got injured, and it's more of just like an interesting event instead of just like this is like mm. detriment. Like one bear walks into your village and kills fifteen people. That's not realistic. Come on. <laughs> you, you're gonna. I'm not sure if you know this, but you can actually control your uh, villagers like RTS style. It's pretty horrible with the yeah, but it it works really well on like bears and boars and like the early raiders. It's good for kiting because they can outrun wolves somehow. Yeah, the boxing doesn't always work, especially not if you use the bell function, and that's what I mean. That's what I mean when I see that like combat controls need better. Like I need I need a way to like draft my villages, and I also need a way for my villages to run away. Like that's the silly thing. Like your, your your military units, if you do the if you ring the bell, they will go and fight and they will be ready. But your villagers will just keep happily, you know, living their lives and doing their things, and they just run into raiders and then they're dead. Yeah, I think like <laughs> a five people or something goes to the town hall because they shoot for it with bows from the town hall. But it yeah. doesn't really help if you have like hundred population yeah. that keep working and your town hall is in the middle of the town and yeah, that, exactly, that much yeah. range. Yeah, but it's yeah. like early game protection is really good. Like if you put your warehouse, yes, yes, which true. they usually try to go raider or the trade poster right next to it, it defends really well. That's true, yeah. But let, let's let's talk about some things that we, we we like about Farthest Frontier because like we've all said that we like this game and now we're just critiquing it in bits and places. Mm, yeah. um, <laughs> something I, I even though I genuinely believe this is some of the worst UI design I've ever seen in my life. Because some someone in chat like actually said this really well, um, and it, it was this game ha takes the Europa Universalis uh, design techniques, which is everything gets a very detailed, pretty picture, so none of it makes any sense. Mm, um, yes, 100%. and so every single UI element in this game is pretty looking. Like the art in this game is gorgeous. Like the um, right right down to the graphics and the look at like the the people themselves have almost like a settlers kind of like larger than life big shoulders cartoony look to them but like the buildings are pretty like the artwork is pretty all the icons are pretty but the 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 farming ui like i said the ui is weird for it the farming is neat because it works in a 3 year crop rotation and as somebody who likes gardening in real life i think about this stuff and what's funny is they've put in a lot of elements that make it very realistic, where every single uh, different crop, and there's a lot of them, um, will do things like this will kill weeds, this this it will have a larger uh, a production amount, but might damage your soil quality, and will more weeds will grow. So you have to schedule seasons and times of year where they uh, till the soil and pull out weeds, and then uh, you can select which different plants you want, and it works in a three-year crop crop rotation and is like a genuine time investment. It takes like a year to build a farm field, practically, if you want it to be a large one. Even more if you make a really big one. Yeah, and large numbers of people need to work on them. It's like it's something like tw mm -hmm. 20 villagers need to be working on a large field, and it takes them whatever like 6,000 work is, which mm. uh, could take over a year depending on when you plant it or up to two years. Yeah. And even once you comp like once you build the building, then it's full of rocks and weeds. Uh, so you need to have like almost uh, another year 
or year and a half almost uh, to just clear out the rocks and weeds. So it's just yep. not enough just to build it. Uh. And it makes building a very large, successful farm field feel like kind of an achievement. And I really, really, really like that. The same thing goes for the orchards, where if you build an orchard, um, you have to plant all of the individual trees, and certain trees are better for soil quality than others, and some can get pests, and so some are more likely to have higher yields, and they only yield at certain times of the year. So if you have too many trees of one type, then they won't be able to harvest the entire yield, and you'll use, lose some of the of the yield. And uh, that it, it, when I say that, it sounds like it could come down to just, oh, I, I, I will just use this exact same pattern every time. No, because soil quality varies from area to area. So you want different types of trees depending on the soil quality. And it's, it's that element of it is, is really cool. And then it takes like seven years for the trees to mature enough to actually get full yields. So, and then you can have cold snaps and hot snaps, which damage the, the trees at times. And then the trees uh, will, air quotes, age out, and then you'll have to cull them for wood at a point. And, uh, man, I, there, there's so many neat ideas in Farthest Frontier. I, it's, mm. it's, yeah. it's also, cool. since you can uh, like, uh, change, change the location where they are doing the farming with the um, orchards, like uh, it's the circle, like um, most of the buildings have the movable circle, which is a really great feature. So you can move where they work. Uh, like if you gather stone or herbs or whatever in the bush, you can move that around and or chop wood. So orchards do the same thing because and because it allows you to build uh, those trees anywhere. You could have like multiple locations where you are growing trees. Like uh, mm. this year we plant these trees. Next year we plant these. So you have like different stages of the trees going on. So even if the one uh, one is dying and the new set is growing, you have a third one that's good for now. Yeah. And if you don't pay attention yeah. to them for a few years and all your trees die, then suddenly you lose forty percent of your food. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, well, it, it takes quite a long time for them to die, though. There's just a lot of interaction between systems in this, which I think, which I like a lot. Like, just like, so there are wild animals on the map, right? As you said, there's boars, bears, wolves, and deer. Deer will run into your fields to eat your crops if you don't put fences up, um, which will keep them out. And it's like, this is really cool thing. Like, if you have deer running around and people go near the deer, the deer will run away. Like just that little interaction is just so is is like kind of shows how much thought has gone into the systems in in this game, which is which is really really interesting to see. Because like uh, for those people who don't know, uh, the people who are making Father's Frontier are the devs behind Grim Dawn, which is an ARPG. So that's and Titan Quest, like so, completely different genres of games. Yeah, I, I mentioned that several times on the stream, where people were like. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's like, like they're not making another action RPG. <laughs> yeah, no, they're not exactly. They're they're working on this now, which is really cool, and it just has it has just some really really cool things, and it has like um it has like um like an an anno style upgrading and leveling up of your buildings right as well. So if you supply your buildings with you know certain certain goods and you keep the desirability so the beauty up. Um, your houses will level up. And on my on my second playthrough, I actually had like max tier everything. So I had like the highest tier of the trade uh, of the of the town center. I had like tier two theaters, and I had like manor houses, which is currently the ha the biggest house that you can have, which is like this this big stone house that can fit like six people and that sort of stuff. And it's just it was really really cool. And like there's just like small things like for that in that regard as well, like bakeries, right? Bakeries are a production building. 
but they raise desirability because the smell of baking bread is really nice. And there's also the interesting <laughs> thing of you can build bakeries on tier two, and this bleeds into trading. You can build bakeries on tier two, but in order to bake bread, you need flour. And in order to make flour, mm. you need a mill. And in order to build a mill, you need heavy tools. Heavy tools are on tier three. So mm -hmm. you can't yep. really get and to tier three. And also to make three. heavy tools, you need also heavy tools. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. you need yeah. a minimum of two heavy tools to be able to actually produce your own. And heavy yep. tools so to cost like three to 500 gold at the trader. And you mm. need a trader yep. to show up who has heavy tools. Mm. Yep. I yep. really wish that this game had the ability to request specific items from traders Same. at a higher yeah. Uh, or, or at least like a specific yeah. type of vendor. Yeah, because yeah, when yeah, you upgrade uh, the trade post, you get more like specialized guys. So it would be nice to be able to request a like kind of like dwarf fortress as the yearly traders, and then it asks like, a, "What would you like to get next year?" And then mm. it kind of tries to bring at least some of those. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that 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 would be a really nice mechanic here because. Like there's points where you can get bottlenecked because you don't have mm. any tools or you don't have a specific yeah. resource that you need a surplus of in order to move on to the next upgraded thing. But this is what, like kind of comes back to this game has so much potential. Like yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I hate to say it, but it is. That, it does. Yeah. Like so the the, the and the that's like um, a little problem that I had on my second map. On my second map because it was a plains map. I had one source of iron, and that was it. And so you're I run had out to fast. like. And you run out fast, so I had to rely on iron from traders. And I think that's intentional, though, because on, on the one I was playing, I had True. the same problem. I had like two spots of sand on the map, yeah. and they were like a, it is, a small it is... sandbox, and there is nothing in there. Uh, so it's... I had to buy sand. Yeah, it's definitely intentional, but the problem is there were like legitimately like years in between traders mm -hmm. that had iron, mm. and it just bottlenecked progress so hard. I'm on a lakes map and I have the exact problem right now, except with heavy tools. I, where I, I'm... Yeah, I was on the lakes map as well. Yeah, and and also with the lakes, there's almost there's very little to hunt. Um, mm. Yeah, there, yeah, I have that a, was my problem as well. Yeah, I have a little bit of deer that I can hunt. So like clothing and shoes are an ongoing issue mm, for me. Yeah. So it's like in order to keep it people happy, well. I, they need to be clothed and they need shoes. So. I'm waiting yeah, on I kept shoes. buying uh, clothing, clothing and uh, the hides to make them. And then uh, once you get farming going, you can get uh, uh, flax. Yeah, and then, you, then yeah. You, can, you can stitch that together to make fabric, which can be made into clothing into a different way. But I don't think you can make shoes out of flax. No, no, no it's no, only no. leather shoes. Yeah, because it's leather kept, shoes. Uh, every time I saw a vendor sell leather or shoes, I kept buying those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you... and yeah, I don't know. I I I do but think I, I, that I really like Frontier that, uh... is something people should be watching. Yeah, no, that's really cool. like like because because we, we were just talking about it as well. Like where your 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 people, they don't just wear clothes; they wear clothes, then they wear hide coats, which gives them protection, obviously against the animal elements, but also animal attacks. Leather shoes; you can equip them with baskets so they can carry more, and um, they also need their own personal tools so they can work better, and like. Just like these small things, like all of that together, and uh, it's just, it's just really nice. Like it, it sounds like overwhelming, but it's really not. Like you can also not... see that the developers have definitely played a, a several of these other yeah several yeah. of the builders. Like there's a, some issues on those, and this game has solutions to those issues. But there's yeah. several issues that this one has that the other ones have solved. Yeah, new issues. <laughs> like yes. Yes. yes, most of those definitely. other games have like a list of all of your people. This game doesn't have that anywhere. 
Um, although yeah. Yeah. you can turn on names above their heads, and this is mostly a streamer thing because I was naming people after viewers. Um, although shout outs to the game for not limiting the length of name that you can name a person. So I was able to name somebody <laughs> Aquafunctalistic Booty Wap and it just kind of extended the, the, the name the tag above their head. walking around the town. Yeah. That's great. So there's this name tag that's like twice as long as everybody else's Yeah, name. I didn't actually see that feature. I need to try it next time. There's no character limit. You can make it as long as you want. Just mess you. Ah, yeah. going <laughs> you can name all That's of your great, people yeah. ah, just have as everywhere. Also, also, you know what? What I'm talking more about the people more. What I really like as well, like people actually live a life in this game. Like they don't just they just don't stick around. They don't don't just stick around for like you know five years in game and then they're dead. Like mm. you will play until like year twenty twenty five, and then the first of your settlers will will start dying from old age. Yeah, I like that they also have like a is it like a senior and elderly? Yeah, yeah. yeah. As well, so I, I thought when when they were the elderly I was like, oh, yep, they're gonna die immediately now, but it took like forever for them to actually yep, die yep. of old age. It's great. I really like that as well. Like it's it's a it's a really good game, and um, I am I'm excited to see where it goes. Ooh, another thing that I really like about this game, I generally don't like playing these games on high speed. I, I'm usually somebody who leaves it on whatever the default speed is. Mm. This game has a half speed. <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah. yeah. So yeah, if you want to slow the game down well. and just follow a person and see them go about their day, you can do that. And it's Yeah, yeah, true. And that that's that's great just for like, you know, the screensaver second monitor player who just wants to pop a game up and like you know, maybe have it running while they're working and pay a little bit of attention. Mm. And yep. if you have it on half speed, the game runs so slowly that like you you could really interact with it maybe every five minutes and it'll be fine, largely. Yeah. The, the one the I, oh, you go No, I just wanted to say the one the one thing that's a bit eh about the game, I think, is is the price tag a little bit. Mm. It is a bit pricey for early access, I think. I'm gonna um, say this. Hard disagree. Uh, I think that the price tag for it is kind of perfect for what it is. There's a lot of content in it, and it's very playable, and I think that we should stop normalizing the make games cheaper thing because devs need to get paid, and this isn't a small team making this game. It's a niche product, and it's $10 more than Banished. Hell of a lot better game than Banished is right now. So for sure. I like a, think this it's is probably my favorite out of the, all the survivals it, it is. so far. But twenty like twenty five pounds is a is a especially nowadays with everything going on. It is. I'm not saying make it make it make it much cheaper. Well, think Maybe about it this way. Um, whack five pounds off at the top. It's the same price, price in Canada as Endzone: A World Apart. And End Endzone: A World Apart has uh, issues. Yes, two DLCs that are. Uh, two two deal. Oh, sorry, uh, a DLC, two DLCs that are uh, twelve dollars each here, or mm. one's twelve and one's eight ninety nine. It's all on sale right now though, so the game's seventy percent off. So that's kind of a bad comparison, but like, mm. and I think this is a better game than Endzone. I think so too. I think so too. It's just, it's just, um, when you're making an early access product, you're trying to convince people to get to buy it, and I. I I've had a lot of people come into my channel and we're talking about the game and they were, they were like they they, you know they just can't afford it nowadays because that, like everything fine. is so expensive. But I mean I I completely get it, but I don't think that we should be pushing developers to charge less for their games. And, and you know it's an early access game, which means it's not done. So 
if you wait six months for a sale, you'll literally be getting a better game. Oh yeah, no, that's so that, wait that, the that six I definitely months. agree with. So I don't yeah. I don't think the price is a problem because they're charging what they need to charge in order to stay in business and people can buy the game once the sale is appropriate and the game is affordable. And if you look at like, you know, um Grim Dawn Crate's other game, uh that game is almost the same price. It's a couple dollars cheaper, but has a bunch of DLC, goes on sale all the time. Huge discounts. And this game will be the same eventually. So just Patience is a virtue in this instance, I think. True for those people, of course. But it's just, I'm just, you know, thinking about it because it's an early access product and you're trying to, because you're trying to convince people to tr to believe in you, right? And and normally that, that just goes a little bit hand in hand. I'm not saying sell it for like 10 bucks. Absolutely not. That would be, that would be criminal. D just a teeny tiny tactic. Like you're saying like two tickens. bureaus cheaper or something. Like maybe five, five, five. I, th I think five, five. I think twenty. I, tw I think twenty this pounds. This is a discussion be... I have with my chat all the time, and it drives me bonkers. It's why the only person who can legitimately say how much a game is worth is the person making it, because they know how much it costs to make it, and they know how many people are working on the game. I get that. I'm just, I'm just thinking from the other side. I'm just thinking from the consumer side. And That's from the all. point of view of a consumer. Uh, who buys games regularly? I think it's perfectly fair for the amount of content that thing has. I have some uh, hot of the press news. Uh, they just posted a uh, state of uh, early access update Ooh. for the Farthest Frontier. Mm. And, uh, apparently, the first uh, new update is coming fairly soon as well. Ah, working on performance and optimization. Hitching when open UI windows. Yay! Yeah, that's good. That happens all the time, yeah. Yeah, especially the town hall. It's like super laggy. And the trading menu. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, it's yeah. Loading times. I have definitely those. Well, we, we mm -hmm. can attach this to the uh, description of the show. There's a lot in here. I don't think we should go through all of this, but... No, there's a no, lot, there, yeah. I'm, I'm going to yeah. put... There's I'm... definitely some good ones. Like There's a, a notification now when a visiting traveler, like a merchant comes in. That's good because, like, I always it's miss them. It's very easy to miss them, yeah. That's awesome. That, that's, that's good. That, I, like, I like that they're so active. I mean, I don't think this is going to be one of those games that's going to get abandoned. Because... <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. Because, like, th th these are devs that, that have, like, sort of proven their worth, right? Mm -hmm. Releasing... I mean, Grim, Grim like, Dawn was early at, access. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, you know, it, that that's... That speaks for the price point because you know they're like not a wild unknown I, i'm just i'm just arguing a little bit i'm just thinking about the people you know i'm just it, I don't know, state of the, the world the, things the, 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 <laughs> say it the, that way it, it for those for the people okay so this is this is the my argument against that there's bajillions of games out there for sale if somebody wants to play one of these types of games right now you can go buy all of end zone a world apart for 11 dollars because it's 70 percent off currently so go by that. If 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 you're looking oh, for a city true, builder yeah. and you want something else, there are multitudes of options that are finished games. This one will be on sale in the future. The second you charge less for a game, the worst thing that you can do is increase the price, unless it's a um, a, a game with exponential growth, something like Caves of Cud that's been worked on for ten years, where they've raised the price five times. Um, it started off at at nine ninety nine, and now it's I think twenty something dollars. Mm. Um, they raise it a couple dollars at a time every couple updates and that's a way of doing it 
but it's not a very popular way of doing it. With a game that's got uh, from a bigger studio with a big following, just release it at what you're going to release it for, for the price you're going to sell it for when it's done. And that's a perfectly fair price for this game. I mean, like, I'm staring at Madden NFL, which just released on PC at $79.99 with a bajillion microtransactions and an oh, epically God, yeah. massive edition, and it's got mostly negative reviews. So charge what you think <laughs> your game is worth, and um, don't be like EA Games. I mean, that, that's, that's definitely true. So, I don't know. Silly argument, but... There's one more feature that I really, really enjoy them. In this one, mm. and it's the fact that the in most of these they usually just store the food and whatever they need in their own houses, but they also store them in the workplace. In this one, you can also have the mm. temporary shelters. And it's yeah. so much better when they don't have to travel throughout the whole town to get some food or water, and they can actually just use yeah. whatever they're working. It's also, such a quality of life. No, no death marches uh, through the yeah. winter or anything like that. Also, they don't have to go to the market to get the food into the house. Mm-hmm. The market brings the food to the house. That's literally the job of the market to generate yeah. your revenue and to bring the food there, which is so good. And to the workplace and so on. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so good. I mean, on the topic of expensive games, just remember they charge $150 for a version of Tarkov that gives you slightly more inventory space. <laughs> so, that sounds like, like pay to win. <laughs> it kind of is. It is. I mean, yeah, it that is. game's 50 bucks normally, but the $150 version just like triples your inventory space. Mm, and it gives you a bigger but not in game it's like your storage space for outside of the game that's no no in game in game you get a bit of bigger butt that's that's like that's like the selling point yeah that you get a bigger Mm. (laughs) but to be fair to be fair the 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 edge of darkness version like the high version it'll give you access to all future dlcs and other game modes that they're releasing in the future sure but farthest frontier is too expensive anyway uh speaking (laughs) of games like a uh like uh escape from tarkov i played a little bit of zero sievert uh, which i think is a a game some of you are interested in um how much do you play that as well so zero sievert is uh published by modern wolf uh it's not out yet um, the version that I played is a version 0.22 or something, um, and it's a you know a very early build. Supposedly the game's going to be out in November. I, I've seen that in a couple of places, but it's a I don't know how to refer to this game. Um, I've seen people calling these games extraction shooters, uh, i.e. the Escape from Tarkov mm. reference that I just made. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it this one is more than that. It's quite literally Tarkov light. It's it's. Uh, what if you took uh, Enter the Gungeon but made it Escape from Tarkov? That's this. And also crammed in a bunch of stalker shit because there's a lot of stalker things in there. There's a bunch of un- enemies in there that are straight out of stalker. Um, like the ghouls mm. are literally an enemy in stalker. Um, so if that seems interesting to you, maybe something you take a look at. Um, it's very brutal. Um, it's got, uh, bleeding mechanics, uh, a lot, a lot of mechanics straight. It's got a lot of mechanics straight out of Tarkov. So you, you take gunshots, you take wounds onto your body and you have to bandage yourself up with different kinds of med kits, which do different things. Um, you can give you, you can take pills, which will just give you a kick and then you can take more damage without realizing it. Um, and then bleed out faster and die anyway. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, it's a lot more forgiving than Tarkov, at least in the version that I played. Um, so there, there's there's a home base, right? And the home base is just a big bunker full of soldiers, and there's people you can talk to in NPCs. You can kind of, kind of run around and chat with them, and uh, there's a bartender who will give you jobs, a train conductor who takes you to to uh, the locations, 
Um, something I really don't like about this game is it is Escape from Tarkov, Escape from Tarkov, Escape from Tarkov. The city in the game and the area in the game is called Zarkov. I, <laughs> instead of calling the currency rubles, in like in Tarkov, they call them raubles. R-A-U-B-L. Um, so there's there's a few things in this game where I'm just like, come on, guys. Like, I, I get it. You're, 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 it's a plan Escape from Tarkov, but this just feels like a parody of Escape from Tarkov instead of its own thing, which I don't like. I, I really yeah, wish you, that... you could spend minimal effort to make it different and better. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm hoping those are either placeholders or like a temporary thing, but like it's, it that just feels bad to me. I, I do not like that. It, it, it reminds me of like, um, like TF2D, uh, like that flat 2D side scroller remake of Team Fortress 2, which was actually kind of great, but I wish wasn't called TF2D, so they could have made it its own game, and then it maybe could have had mm. a life of its own instead of just being like a weird free it, like web browser thing. Um, same with like CS2D, Counter-Strike 2D, uh, were, were, were both games that I played in like the late 2000s that I loved that never will see a wider release because they were parodies of another game. Mm. Um, and th this kind of feels like that in some ways, although it is far enough removed that they'll get away with it <laughs> um, because there, there isn't any meddling kids. Now, the, it's kind of hard to talk about this game without just constantly referencing Tarkov, so I'm going to just assume that anybody listening to this has a baseline knowledge of what Tarkov is. But the way the game works is you, you exist in a bunker, and there is a space that you can make into a base. Um, you go out into the world, and you go on air quotes runs. There are uh, eight maps planned. Currently, three of them are complete, and one of them is incomplete but playable. And then there's another one that's teased that you can't even click on. Um, the, the three maps that are in the game right now are a industrial zone, a makeshift camp, which is basically like a giant junkyard and a forest. Um, the forest map is the first map that they send you to. And they, the, the bartender gives you a quest and he says, go to this area and kill five bandits. So I went to that area. Um, well, I talked to the train conductor. He took me to that area, got out of the train and immediately died because the bandits spawned right next to the train. Um, oh, no. so I got a bad spawn. Great. Mm. Fortunately, when you die, you don't actually lose anything. It gives you a little save point. So it's, uh, unlike Tarkov where you'd lose everything on your person, except for what's in your safe box. Um, when you re reappear back at the beginning of the train, uh, you don't lose anything. So it's, it's pretty forgiving in that regard. We should probably mention that it's single player. Like yes, it's, this it's, is it's single player. Yeah, I was actually going to yeah, ask if yeah, there yeah. actually is no multiplayer in this. I should have mentioned that. I think that's a mm. selling point for me. Absolutely, yeah. same. That's yeah. the reason I'm interested in this game. If it was multiplayer, I wouldn't be playing it. But there are other characters that are like so in in, in Tarkov, like you'll be a scrappy little dude with like a, a sh tiny pea shooter and a tiny backpack and no armor, just kind of creeping along on the ground, and then guy with like like who's been no life in the game for the last six weeks just pops you from half a mile away with a sniper rifle with extremely expensive gear this game will do that too there are characters that will spawn in at random that are way more geared than you so if you can kill them you can get some good stuff off of them but they this game will just it is it is pretty merciless it has a day night cycle and when it's dark it's dark um and so anyway so you, i spawned in and started wandering the map and did a few runs where I picked off a few guys and then kind of had no luck. And I just kind of decided, okay, I'm just going to stop trying to do this quest. I'm just going to explore the map. So um, the maps are randomly generated. So the layout changes every time, but they, they're very shitty randomly generated. I say this as somebody who plays a lot of roguelikes. Like the, the, the proc gen on it is bad. Um, 
it's very much like there's a town, the town's the same every time, and it's plopped in. There's a building that's the same every time, and it's plopped in. There's a cave mm. that's the same every time, and it's plopped in. But the location of where they'll be at is different, and you don't have icons on your map. Yeah, the, 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 it's basically just scrambled. It's not really randomized. So I think it's kind of like it, it says procedurally generated maps. That's kind of misleading. Um, mm. And to a point where like you have to kill five bandits, right? There's three places the bandits spawn. There's two guys that spawn in the middle of the forest in the middle of nowhere. There's three guys that spawn in like a little campsite with cars around them and some burn barrels. And there's two guys that spawn in front of a little shack. And so if you see those set pieces from a distance, you go, okay, there they are. And you walk around them and you can pick them off and kill them and loot their bodies. Now, the thing that worries me about this game is that uh, because the map generation is kind of dull and the maps aren't huge, you can run across them in maybe like a minute. Um, I really worry that it's going to become very repetitive and dull because, yeah, there are interesting things that happen. Like there's a, a guy named Igor in the first map that you can find and he asks you to find him 10 meat. So you go around and you shoot bunnies and wild boars and um, various other animals that drop meat and you pick that stuff up and then you bring it to Igor and then every other time you go into the map after that, Igor's house is highlighted. You go to Igor and he's he, he will have gathered gear for you. So... Um, you, you go up, you say hi to Igor, and then you go into his little lockbox and you can take meds or, uh, crafting materials or whatever. So that really worries me because I'm concerned that because of the uninteresting map generation, unless the later maps are much more varied, which I'm not expecting, cause I know they're working on a mall. Most of the maps are like an homage to different Tarkov maps, right? So, mm. uh, the forest is very much like the forest from Tarkov with the, with the dorms, um, the, uh, industrial zone is very much like I think it's called um, customs. Cu yeah, customs. customs um, yeah. And then the, there's a the campsite is very similar to um, uh, a different section of the dorms map. And then the there's a mall map that they've teased, which is going to be like the mall from Tarkov. Mm. And I, I'm worried about because because these games are very repetitive. Like you you go in, you do a run, you come out. By the end of it, I had good enough gear that I was just steamrolling those bandits. Um, and the things, the guys that are from um, uh, Stalker, like the the kind of AI units, they just get right on top of you and aren't particularly fun to fight. There are some cooler anomalies in air quotes, and like Stalker, you have a bolt button where you can throw a bolt. Um, there are some interesting anomalies, like in the um, in, in the makeshift camp map, there is this weird kind of ball of electricity that will follow you indefinitely around the map, which is kind of cool um, <laughs> it, when you encounter it because it just starts chasing you. You can't really kill it, at least maybe there maybe there's a way, but I haven't figured it out. Um, but you can like kite it through like other dude encampments, and they'll fight with this thing and get electrocuted to death, and you can go back and loot them, um, <laughs> which is kind of cool. So like I don't know. I'm very torn on this game because the parts that I like about it are really fun. It's very tactical. Um, it's brutally hard. Um, the enemies all operate differently. And when you start finding the guys that have like all full body armor and a sniper rifle and you sneak up behind them while they're drinking vodka or whatever and pop them in the back of the head, that's, that's good fun. But I'm very worried that the not gigantic maps are going to become annoying. 
Um, there is also like all of the base building stuff, which I've kind of neglected to mention. There's random like bolts and batteries and things that you'll find in the maps. Um, there's quest items, uh, that just like Tarkov as well, the quest items can be used to unlock specific doors in other maps. So you have to get them in one map, bring it home, take it to a different map to unlock a door. Like there's a key card that you can find in the first map to unlock a door in the second map, stuff like that. So there's very much that kind of Tarkov mechanics, but it all comes back down to, I'm worried about the map variety being interesting. And I'm worried about the late, later game stuff just making the early maps trivial and not interesting anymore. Because with Tarkov, the reason that game stays fun is even when you're heavily geared, even when you're like in the end game, if you go into that early map, there's a chance some other player is just going to see you first and you're dead and you lose all of your stuff, mm. right? In this game, at, at least in the current state of it, where there is no actual penalty for death, I, that's my take. I, I'm curious to see what it looks like when it's out, and I'll play more of it. I mean, I, I played it for yeah. about six hours, um, and I will play more of it. The base building stuff has some neat variety. I mean, like, you'll be bringing bolts and cans of Coca-Cola and a battery back to make a crafting station with some toilet paper <laughs> and then you can like upgrade your guns. The guns are all modular and you can add up like all of the fancy upgrades and you can find stocks and rifle butts and various bits and you can sell stuff to different guys at the home base to buy cooler guns and better gear and all that stuff. Um, so there's that. And if, if you're a gun fetishist, that might uh, get your, your knickers going. But I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm worried about it. I, I, I think that, there's elements of it that are really, really cool, and I think there's elements of it that might be a letdown. But to be fair, as you said, like the game, it's 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 pre-early access, right? This is a this is alpha alpha two uh, or whatever I, it is. I don't know if it's gonna be in early access. No, it's, it's gonna it, be in early access. Is it okay? Because yeah. the, yeah, the yeah, Steam yeah. page is not currently set as early access. It just mm, says release yeah. date coming soon. So I, I was unsure yeah. on that one, but yeah, it's it's supposed to be out sometime in November, um, and so. There's something there, probably. Is my take on it. Yeah. So, so I think I think just to um, because I stumbled on this upon this game like randomly watching like a Tarkov streamer pick this up suddenly. Um, uh, probably important to mention this is a top-down pixel art game. Yeah. So, um, maybe playable for certain people who might not be able to play Tarkov because yeah, of, I can't play you Tarkov. Know, <laughs> Because of like either like you know you you can't see the other people or you don't want to play multiplayer or you don't you can't play first person games, um, I just thought I'd mention that I don't know like I I haven't played it because I I kind of can't because it it has the whole and there is there is a reason for it why it does that and it, I, it has I get the that mouse. so for for what what FG is referencing is it the the mouse is uh, attached to the camera. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can so hold you down mouse, a certain button to extend your view and just move it like multiple screens away. Um, yeah. So if you if you if you if you move your mouse to the right, it will it will move the camera and the camera is not centered on the ca on the character, and it it makes sense because um, enemies will shoot you from off screen. Still, really hope they put in an option to turn that off, even if it makes it harder. I don't care, but that it, means it's I not a be matter of it it. making it harder. You wouldn't be able to beat the first quest without the But I haven't of... tried. <laughs> I, trust me, you wouldn't be able to beat the first quest. It's it's is it because I cause cause I, I I'm totally okay with having like the, the button thing on where you can like 
on purpose look further away. Like I'm just talking about the like just give me like that that's fine. So you can you can scout ahead, right? Because you can basically with doing that. Right? Mm-hmm. Like that's fine. Like if I can control that, that's fine. What I don't like is the whole binding it to the mouse because it's so fast and wobbly because I move my mouse so fast. Right? That's 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 more of a problem. If I can control it. The game's it, not fast. The game's very slow. Yes, but I move my mouse fast. That seems like a new <laughs> problem. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's it's it it exacerbates the whole um, camera on on. No, I I, I understand that, but like, I I mean, I, I I'm not a developer, so I can't tell you. But I yeah, I will yeah. say that if if they gave you an option to lock the camera to the character, I genuinely believe you wouldn't be able to finish the first mission. I don't know. Like the thing is, like um, I I'm gonna bring up Atomic Crops. I don't know if you've played that. So, cause that developer actually, because I asked for it, put in a toggle so you can turn it off, and you have enemies on that game shooting you from off screen as well. Okay. It, it's, it's harder, but it's doable. It's doable. I'm, I'm not I, arguing yeah. with you. I just I genuinely believe you wouldn't be able to beat the first mission. But I want to try. <laughs> okay, then try. <laughs> well, if they put in an option, they probably won't though. But like. Do you receive a death? If you hear this, please do. Please. Pretty please. Lock the pretty, camera pretty, pretty, to the character. Yeah, just give them an option. Like, I don't, I'm not saying do it. I'm just, you know, let me toggle off the... Oh, something they mouse. do need to do, though, is they need to lock the mouse to the to the game because I almost accidentally oh, shut God. my stream off once. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's... Oh, God, that sounds... That sounds... Yeah, that sounds bad. <laughs> I started a recording on OBS by mistake. Yeah, yeah. And tabbed out yeah. and died, so... That that mm. needs to be added, but yeah, that that be that that sounds important, especially if you bind camera on on mouse, and because then you'll move your mouse everywhere, and you'll just be off screen. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on. Belner, talk to us about Backpack Hero. Yeah, so Backpack Hero got into early access on fifteenth after a very successful uh, Kickstarter. They ran for a month. Uh, that was and, a quick turnaround. Uh, I mean, we played this. Uh, sorry, that was a quick turnaround. It they, was. They I mean, they had a web-based itch really demo game to, already. To Kickstarter, to uh, it was like this Kickstarter is just our salary for the next however long we're going to work on this game. It's yeah, nice and to they, see they were extremely successful on that. Uh, like they asked uh, for a, actually very little. I don't remember. It was like fifteen thousand or something like that. It was very low amount, anyways. And they made it like ten times more than that uh, or something. Um, but but they had uh, like the itch demo. You say that is mm. like that demo was already a really good game. And they were just uh, build on that uh, with new enemies, new weapons, and combos and things. And now there's three characters. There's the original uh, mouse called Purse. And there's a, now a, a toad called a, a Toad. Yes. Yeah, and, then there's yeah. the, and then there's the robot uh, CR8, so crate. Yep. So they're all, all basically containers of some kind. Some kind of backpacks. It's great, yeah. And... Uh, the mouse plays as a, it did basically in the demo, although there is uh, definitely new items to get uh, for her as well, that they change things up. And then the other two characters play very differently. Like, it's still the same backpacker management, uh, uh, but Toad has uh, this carving mechanic, which is more of a, like a card game, because you get uh, mm. three three carvings every turn that you can uh, basically plop your into your backpacker, and they give different things, like a block and uh, so on. Or do damage. Like they have on someone effects, some of them, and then they stay as an item, or they might uh, not stay as an item in your backpack doing things. So. And it's, it's very different. Uh, uh, also, your backpack has uh, 
two different types of slots. Uh, so you have uh, basically carving slots and then a normal slots. And when you upgrade your backpack, you get uh, uh, quite a lot more points than like the uh, purse does. Uh, but uh, you have to spend two points to make it into a normal slaughter. So you basically end up with kind of less slots, uh, like normal slots, uh, than uh, you do on a purse, uh, but you have all those carving slots. Uh, and it's a very weird way to play uh, compared mm. to purse because I have the like the card mechanic on top of the backpack mechanic and having to balance between them. Uh, I found it a lot harder to play. Same. And then uh, there's the third character, the creator, who is a robot, basically. Who plays again very differently so uh like both a uh, person toad have a uh, energy like in like sleeve spiral or any of the other ones you can use energy to play actions uh, attack with the weapon defense and so on uh, but uh, the crate doesn't have uh, energy at all uh, but he he or she i don't know <laughs> the robot has a uh, uh, basically parts uh, so it is basically this like a uh, core that shoots a beam that is uh, worth three energy, which is uh, what other characters have as well. And then uh, as it passes through items, uh, it uses uh, those items. Uh, so, for example, if a sword uh, takes uh, one energy to use and passes through the sword, it uh, loses one from the beam and uh, uses the weapon once. But you can also, like, if you place the sword sideways so that it hits multiple times, so you can actually have it trigger the same sword uh, with one beam multiple times. But you have to pay the cost, of course, multiple times as well. And then it could, like has like a um, like corner piece that turn the beam, uh, also repeaters and like a, uh, you can bounce it backwards and amplifiers and boosters and splitters and uh, you can do all kinds of weird stuff with the beam to trigger all of your inventory and it's it's really really different way to play it but also really fun, um, also a lot slower way to play the game like it took me forever to complete a run yesterday when I was playing it. Because it's just you just need to think your inventory. Like when you play purse, it's like okay, I slap a shield in my inventory and a couple weapons, and they kind of may may have like a gem next to it and something like that. But uh, with the with the robot, you really have to think uh, because if you place it wrong, then your beam just doesn't work and you just die. <laughs> because uh, you can't use any of the normal items. Uh, it has to like a uh, beam has to pass through it, so you can't use a shield, you can't use a potion, you can't use anything. Uh, just by clicking it, like you can with the, uh, the other two characters, the beam has to go through it, and it's, it's a very different way to play. But it's also really cool to have like a same game, but still very different. And both the three, all, all three of the characters actually have a, like specific props to them as well, so you get different items uh, for them. But also like a shared pool of items. Yeah, it's it's just really well thought out, like. There's a lot of game mechanics in this that are already really, really well thought out. And like, mm-hmm. like if you if you have like so the way this this works, it's 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 almost it's a deck builder, but your deck builder the deck is you don't have cards, you have a backpack with slots and you put item in them. And you've got um you got you've got your weapons and your shields, because you gotta do damage and you have to block damage incoming from uh, people that attack you, it's turn-based. And um, then you have like gems that affect that sort of stuff. And if this, if it's next to that, then it gives you damage. But if it's also next to armor, it can buff the armor. And then that armor can buff the other armor. But then if you've got two helmets next to each other, one of the helmets doesn't work. And it there's like really cool interactions between all of the items uh, going on in that game. And it's 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 really fun. It's really, really yeah. fun. I, I played it today for the first time, and I really, 
really enjoyed it. Yeah, I played the each demo actually quite extensively because uh, this mm. game is probably one of my favorite games this year already, and uh, it's it's really interesting to see like the progress from the each demo to this uh, early access release, uh, mm. like how much more they already have uh, added to it. Uh, like I was uh, finding so many like just playing a purse, which was the default character in the mm. uh, demo as well, just finding a lot more new items and a lot more combos going on. Also, they they balance the new something so different. Like uh, spikes are maybe too good now. They used yeah, to be very good, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and uh, uh, they nerfed like bows and some other things. Uh, and I also found like few new, few new like the, there's archangel wings. Oh my god, which so uh, good. <laughs> basically basically allows you to. It's, it's like three slot item, but there's a hole in the middle, and you can put whatever item in the middle, and it triggers it for free basically. Although it doesn't work with uh, uh, mana items, uh, so like uh, spell casting items, uh, which I was kind of sad. Mm. Um, although I didn't, uh, you probably can link mana to the item, and then it probably works. Uh, but it didn't work without the cost because the other items do work without. Like the, the, even if it takes like two energy to use, it actually uses for free. But that uh, nice. enables like all kinds of fun stuff uh, mm -hmm. uh, that I constantly use. Like I had a, a run going where. Um, there's these like whetstones that add a uh, damage or healing or anything to your weapons, uh, like permanently for that combat. Uh. So I had one of those uh, inside the wings, so I just kept buffing me every round a bunch, mm -hmm. and it was just so nice. Uh. So it's just like free energy to use things. Uh. Yeah, and yeah, just I'd... seeing all of these new additions, so it's so cool. It's really cool. I I, I checked their Kickstarter. So they originally asked for twenty thousand dollars, and they got two hundred twenty-three, basically two hundred twenty-four thousand dollars instead. <laughs> That's like so. a two hundred and twenty-five percent increase. Not bad. Yeah, it's just kind of insane. But like so far from what I've seen, it's it's like FT's really... tip goals. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. But no, it's like from what I've seen, I've I've the it's it's really clever. It's really well thought out, and um, yeah, I'll be definitely playing this more. Um, I need to. They play... also posted um, a roadmap about that we're going to be adding. Uh, ah. And when uh, so there is a August is the release, and there was an uh, update already for August as well. Uh, next month they're adding a new character called Satchel, mm. which is like a a duck or a bird. And mm -hmm. then there's going to be like a October is curse rework, new dungeon to explore. Curse rebalancing, reactionary attack, spooky items. Uh, and then uh, November is another new character called Pochette, I think. I'm not sure what it is supposed to be. Some, something cute with ears. Uh, new enemies, monthly item update. Then there's a holiday update uh, for a December new NPCs, monthly item update, holiday items. Then they're going to have a month off. And then uh, they're going to have on February is going to be a town update. So they're going to add a uh, uh, Orderia, which is basically the town you are trying to save, improve as you run through the dungeon. Uh, I completed a run on every character uh, yesterday, and uh, like the you try to get the cheese as the purse you get. Um, I'm not sure what was the frog's item, and then the robot gets like a koga, like a golden koga. And mm -hmm. golden cheese. Everything is golden, basically. Mm. And uh, each of the like the descriptions as you win a run says that uh, you are using this to improve the orderia. And uh, mm. I think that's gonna be more like a like the meta progression ah. thing. So you can like uh, improve the city, town, whatever you want. Mm. Yeah, it actually says uh, craft your own town. So I imagine Ooh. that's uh, gonna be a meta progression for other things. Uh, new challenges also, and that. 
And then there's gonna add a March is gonna be new character again, Duffel. Some kind of furry creature as well. Duffel bag, I'm assuming. <laughs> and then April is full release. Wow. Oh, yeah. Fast turnaround. Yeah. Yeah, I I I'm I'm torn on this because I, I really liked the demo and it's very rapidly becoming more of a deck builder than I'm willing to deal with. Um, and I, I know deck builders are popular. They're not my cup of tea. Um, yeah. And so, but it's not really a deck builder. Unless you play Toad. It, it's, it's enough of a deck builder that I'm starting to not want to play it. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I need to play a little bit more of this before it gets too cool for me, and then I will put yeah, it Yeah, I, I can recommend it. Like, right now, it's... I also don't like deck builders, but but I I really enjoyed playing the first character. I didn't like the I tried the toad because Chad wanted to see the frog, or toad. I I did not enjoy that one. There, I think there's a, a little more worker. Yeah. There's a meme in my chat which is, if it has cards and blind hates it, anybody who likes a deck builder will probably love it. So me saying, oh I don't like this. <laughs> this is too much for me. Is actually like a positive endorsement for anybody mm. who likes a deck builder. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, keep yeah. That in mind. definitely the, the the crowd who likes like Slay the Spire and similar yeah. games. Uh, uh, in my chat, were like, "Ooh, I want this!" Like, the, yeah. the, it's definitely appealing to that people. If, if you're if playing you monster like the train, games this is much, probably your shit. Yeah. My entire my my entire um like Steam page because I when I looked on it after I finished my stream is just like export export the game export the yeah, game yeah I love the game well. export the game the I, I, I often do that as well when I, when I play like a game like city building or something that's certainly fitting to my channel and it's like a new game it's like no one has the game and then next morning half of my steam friends list owns it or has it in a wish list yeah that was farthest <laughs> right. frontier and for me yes, <laughs> yes yeah, that one yeah. it's like 11 yeah. people and my friends list own it now yeah, including same. my older sister somehow yeah yeah who doesn't yeah. even watch my stream yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, I think that kind of brings us to the ends of the of the games that we've been playing this week. Um, I do want to chuck in an honorable mention here: uh, Massive Jupiter Hell Update, and it's fantastic. Uh, they completely reworked how fireworks. Uh, there's multiple new enemy types, new boss. I uh, redid a bunch of stuff in the end, and I finally found the dog that you can pet. So Yay, I recommend hello. playing Jupiter Hell because that game is thirty five percent off currently, I think, and it's very, very, very good. Although it might be no, no off time. sale by the Pets time. That's a big league starts today. <laughs> mm, true, yeah. Two and a half hours still a uh, Path of Exile. Chat was talking about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be on that addiction again. Best of luck with your uh, very, very, very dangerous addiction. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the news from the week about Embracer embracing literally everything. Um, we'll be right back after this. Hi there, podcast listeners. Whoa, Jess here. If you missed me on today's episode, never fear. Stop by on Twitch instead. You can find me at twitch.tv slash woe underscore Jess, Monday through Thursday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Please enjoy the rest of this episode, and thank you for listening. And we're back to the part where we talk about everybody who's being embraced by Embracer Group. Uh, this is still the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. I'm still blind. I'm with Bellinaire and FG Squared. Uh, but before we talk about the Embracer group, we're going to p- talk about people who don't want to embrace, and that is uh, Applevin uh, attempted to uh, merge with Unity, and Unity has said no. Uh, so the mobile tech company Applevin that offered $17.4 billion to buy the engine developer Unity, um, very similar business to uh, Ironforge, which um, 
uh, which I keep confusing with SourceForge for some reason, uh, which is uh, what Unity is currently in the process of merging with. And as we talked about on the last episode, I think um, Arch more or less stated that this is this kind of seems like AppLovin's like attempt to stay relevant because if one of the biggest mobile developer and mobile engines um, has integrated uh, advertising and analytics options, their business model is going to be kind of a moot point largely outside of games that are not developed in Unity. Um, so a large portion of their market share could evaporate overnight, theoretically. Um, anyway, uh, it looks like uh, Unity has said no. Um, the The offer was made on a condition that Unity uh, drop its own 4.4 billion bid to purchase Iron Source, and um, uh, who is uh, AppLovin's rival. Um, and uh, Unity CEO John Riccatello said, the board continues to believe that Iron Source transaction is compelling and will deliver an opportunity to generate long-term value. Uh, Unity itself further added that AppLovin's offer would not reasonably be expected to result in a superior proposal as de as defined by Unity's merger agreement with IronSource. They're opting to buy a company instead of merge with a company, essentially. Uh, yeah. I they should do like a reverse Unicard and just buy the AppLovin instead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I to this me this is uh, obviously like mobile giants battling each other, and for us PC players, it's probably better this way that uh, Unity stays its own thing and not to get bought by someone else, and you see they buy a mobile thing. I mean, I hate Iron Source, so because Iron Source for 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 people who maybe aren't familiar, I know this has been discussed in this podcast a couple times now, but Iron Source is uh, most known for a, a piece of software called Install Core. Um, install Core is something that you can tack onto any installer, and if you, um, I don't know if you, if either of you had this happen, but if you ever like downloaded a piece of free software and then suddenly you realize you have Ask Engine installed and 750 different uh, plugins for your web browser and your web browser is unusable, and then you have to spend the next four hours uninstalling everything. You probably got install I've been, core. I've been fixing wifey's PC uh, a couple yeah. times for that. Yeah, mm. so you, you, she probably encountered install core, and it's a very Likely. malicious format of software that just installs a whole yeah. bunch of things on your computer without permission. And if you accidentally leave a box checked on an installer, and install core happens to be installed, uh, that's what made them in, into a company. Now, uh, install core is uh, a moot point. It's defunct. It hasn't been in rapid circulation for about a decade now, but it is still what got that company going. And so they are, it's kind of a mark on their history. Uh, Iron, Iron Source is just kind of known as a malware company um, that made their uh, revenues in earlier times on an internet in, in an internet that was a little bit more wild west where you could just kind of get away and make money doing things that were largely quite shady um so i i don't like iron source i also don't really like john riccatello for those of you who don't remember um he once stated that uh, because he, he used to be the CEO of EA Games, there there's a uh, very famous recording of him stating, what if you had to pay for more ammunition in Battlefield? Um, so just, eh. All of this just feels like people with too much money trying to make too much more money, and eh, not everything mm -hmm. needs to be monetized. Yeah, yeah, that definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it also makes me think, like, if this is, the, the old thing was the almost like a Malvera thing, what, what is there a new thing, basically, that people don't really know yet about? Yeah, don't want to know. We'll see where this and if it's going to be in every. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I wonder what they're what if they're going to do something like that then with Unity. But I mean, what would they? I don't know. Like, how would you? 
Hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we can't really. I mean, the the because I don't know. I, I I assume it's gonna like that that merger the the or the not the merger the buying will have to be like actually sh- sanctioned, right? Because I don't I don't know. So I wonder if it's gonna actually happen as well. Like we have to wait and see if it actually happens, right? Because I like big business buying big business doesn't always happen because of laws and legislation and that sort of stuff so we can we can kind of we can have to wait and see a little bit what actually the result of that buying would be i'd say so um on the topic of big business buying big business (laughs) oh yeah um, embracer group acquired the rights to uh, lord of the rings and the hobbit works by J.R.R. tolkien so i skimmed this and this looks like the book rights these are the book rights yeah Yeah. so this is different than what Warner Bros. Ha- Warner Brothers has because Warner Brothers has the movie rights for both Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, and these are the book rights. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to see like in the games that they make with that. You're not going to see like you know Orlando Bloom as yes. Legolas or something like that. You know, it's going to be the movie uh, the the book characters. So there is a series of PC games based on the books from ages and ages ago, and I'm trying to remember who developed them, but. I, I remember I have this vague memory of being at a friend's house and playing a fight with the tree that eats one of the hobbits in the first Lord of the Rings book, and then Tom Bombadil showing up, and it was like this—it mm. was like a weird 3D platformer on the PC from the early 2000s, and combat was bad. <laughs> but I just—I I have this memory of being uh, Frodo and just stabbing a tree. Um, <laughs> so you know, I mean, like, I, there's there's a lot of things they could do with that that could be interesting. Um, of course, yeah, you know, you know Embracer Group down. just acquiring everything is kind of spooky, and I think that we can all yes. just agree on that. But all that being said, uh, what would you guys like? Like, let's speculate for a fun second. What would you guys like to see them do with the book IP for either of these? Okay, so so my chat, my 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 chat, and I. <laughs> have already decided on this and we actually decided on this before long before this this happened we want to see a postman simulation game um so so whether it's it's not just postman simulation it's a simulation game you are a mail carrier in the shire you're a ha- hobbit but you also stumble upon um because you're the mail carrier you know everybody right so you stumble upon people's secrets and you try to figure out i don't know who ate rosie's pie and all those kind of Wait, things like so just... like a a mailman simulator but it's also hitman but you're not killing <laughs> not people it's, hitman, just, but it's like... just like rumors and stuff yeah exactly so dress up as somebody else and nobody notices yeah and you're trying to figure out what's going on and you're trying to like um solve little like little like uh, you know stuff that's happened so uh, just little, not not if nothing, not even crimes, right? Because it's gonna be like, oh, those darn kids stole the pie from the windowsill again. Like just, just like wholesome stories from the Shire. But you also deliver mail, and if your mail is late, then you get in trouble with people. I don't know, like <laughs> you get smacked with a stick. Um, yeah, that's what we want. By old Was that Lake. Lake, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But uh, this is just making me think of that, uh, but um, in the Shire, basically. Lake was the the male carrying in Lake was not as much part of the plot as I wanted it to be. Yeah, but like kind of same thing with like and also like hearing the people's stories and all that. Uh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just, I, I just would a, play that for sure. 
Yeah, give me a life sim set in the Shire. That would be great. I want yeah. a Gandalf action RPG. Ooh. <laughs> like just mm. maybe not necessarily Gandalf specifically, but I just want to be a wizard. Mm. In like the early, early, early eras of mm, yeah. like mm -hmm. pre Lord of the Rings era. Mm. But I they don't have the Cimmerillion in here, so that there goes all that. Yeah. I don't know. Would that not be included? I'm, if they wait, hmm. the, I need to look at the tweets. Does it say the rights to Lord of the it Rings? It says Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, at least ah, in the okay. title, so Which I don't, I don't think would count the Cimmerillion. No, if it's specified like that, because because mm -hmm. I was thinking maybe they put the rights to the literary works, like to make video games with. But if it's mm. just in particular, specifically, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, then that's a little bit more limited. And also, yeah. Bellinar, you keep saying CRPG, CRPG of the Hobbit, where you just play that story but in a CRPG format. I would play that as well. Yes, yes. I would play that absolutely. And 100%. like, just literally verbatim use the wording from the book. <laughs> 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 yeah. With, of course, yeah, like, you know, I'll side quests and stuff. Also, I, I would like yep. to see, but obviously it's a di totally different company, um, Total War, Lord of the Rings. I mean, an RTS could be cool. I think I, I would like an mm -hmm. RTS. I can see that. Embracer obviously has like a 50 yeah. billion companies under them. So they can yeah, Embracer exactly, by yeah. Sega. <laughs> Feed this to so many people. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I, I mean, they did announce that there was one of the one big company that they're buying, but they didn't announce the name yet. Uh, so who knows? Yeah, it's if they buy Valve, I will waterboard myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, it, I I wouldn't expect that. I don't think it's that big company. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, like it was a more like a middle of the range from the companies that they bought now. I, now yeah. this this isn't a big company because I had to Google it, but they also Embracer Group also acquired Singtrix with an X. Um, mm -hmm. This one I had to Google, uh, and I'm going to Google it again because um, mm. I, I I need it. But uh, yeah, so Sing, Singtrix is a karaoke machine. Oh, mm. from the creators of Guitar Hero in quotes. Um, oh, so first music video game. MTV Drumscape. Yeah, so it's it's literally like a box with a microphone and a speaker that you buy, um, and it attaches to like the microphone stand, and it gives you backing tracks. And it's yeah, it's it's it, they describe it as a karaoke machine designed to sound like a million dollar recording studio and feel like a live concert event, and it looks like a piece of professional recording software or hardware rather. Mm. So weird. Don't know what they're gonna do with that. Maybe put it yeah. in big box stores on Amazon. I make some money. I or it's just like next generation thing uh, they're planning after that. You you know because the talk, talk creator about... of the same tricks uh, was uh, uh, working for uh, Activision to make Guitar Hero games and everything. And talking he... about what the heck? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to. Sorry. And I yeah, thought... and then he went back to his own way. So it could they could be doing something new as well. In that same potentially, yeah, field. Yeah, yeah. So I was just thinking, and the whole, what are they gonna do with it, right? Because they also bought Limited Run Games, which is a company, yeah, that releases physical copies of indie games for systems like the Switch. Yeah, like so. Yeah. Like, this one, I know what they're gonna do with it. They're just gonna let it keep operating as is, and maybe scale them up a little bit. 
Like, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. If they embrace our game, group game, will be on limited run. Yeah, yeah maybe, I, yeah, it, true. To, to me, it just means that every single thing that goes up on THQ Nordic is going to, like, be put, like, you'll be able to, I don't know, you'll be able to buy a, a, a hard copy of Recreation, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not bad. Yeah. No. I, I, I think what I will say about this, though, is lim- or limited run games is very much a, b- a boutique company. This is the kind of yeah. company where if you buy their games frequently, you're probably on a first-name basis with the with the co-founders. Um, and I, I know a bunch of creators who collect their games, who, who buy a lot of stuff from them, who literally are on a first-name basis. Like, these guys are very active on Twitter. They talk to a lot of people. They go to a lot of conventions. I've met them. Um, like every single time I've seen them at PAX, it's, it's literally just like the two guys that run the place and then maybe an employee or two. So I think like if I was, so I've never bought anything from them. Physical games is not my thing, but I wonder what this is going to do to kind of the community that's formed around it. I'm curious to see how they're Mm. going to react because I, I don't really have a nuanced opinion on it because I'm, I'm not in that market, I guess. Yep, yep. Yeah, I've definitely seen it more like as like a small like indie thing uh, that you can get like these fancy copies that maybe print they print only a few, and if it's now a part of a massive corporation, uh, it kind of loses that uh, indie shine. Yeah. Speaking also, of indie shine, yeah. uh, you're probably gonna get a physical version of um, Teardown because they also bought Tuxedo Labs. Mm, yeah. Which sorry I... if I like stomped on what you were going to say fg no no no, all good that's totally fine i was just going to also move on to the next acquisition that they've done we it doesn't matter in which order we do them because gotcha no there are so many i'm just going down the list but uh yeah (laughs) Yeah. they they bought tuxedo labs um so the people who made teardown that that was a weirdly fast turnaround right like I feel like it was only a couple weeks ago i was just seeing weird gifts of like a hammer and a dude in a voxel world breaking a wall well, it, it had its um, full release not too oh, yeah. long ago, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, but like so, it, it, yeah. it feels like it was a really short peri- period of time between like, oh, I'm a guy who made a, like, because Tuxedo Labs was one person originally, right? It's like, I made a game mm. where you break stuff and it blew up on Twitter and went viral on Reddit. And then it released and sold a bajillion copies and did really well and then released in full. And now it's like... Did really well again, yeah. I think it's like, I, I saw someone saying that it's like this generation's Gary's Mod almost because of how crazy some of the mods are for that thing. Mm, yep. And, you know, no matter how far you push it, like, it still doesn't crash. So I, I'm i assuming that this is good just... Good for him. Yeah, I mean, good, good for the developer. I mean, hell, hell, it's nice to see these indie successes pop up, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But this feels more like, no like a, buying a, more of, like, the skill set and uh, the uh, tech uh, than just the yeah. buying it for specific yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. expertise is what they, what they acquired in this one more than yeah. the... Well, I mean... Know, yeah, everybody needs to remember game. that Valheim's technically owned by Embracer as well. So yeah. yeah, also Tuxedo is a Swedish company, so it makes sense to acquire all the Swedish things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like big old. I, I, would, like, I wouldn't be guessing. surprised to see like a paradox on this list soon, as well. Yeah, um, I was just gonna bring up a non-Swedish company. Um, go nuts. They also bought uh, Tripwire Interactive. Well, someone had to. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say that, uh, which uh, most recently, which was already apparently a year ago, uh, tells you how time flies, like, quickly. Um, Tripwire Interactive CEO was... Keep keep in mind, he got taken off of CEO almost immediately after this, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. So so he was the then CEO, which was a year ago, 
um, took to Twitter to uh, openly proclaim his views on abortion and how he supported the um, wrong, you know, side. the new legislation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the legislation, the new legislation in Texas, and basically is anti-abortion, and he took that and yeah, and that sort of just, stuff. Just and, um, the, the the thing about that dude. Um, who was the CEO of Tripwire yeah. Interactive and, and is now just a strange person on the internet who's not in the industry directly anymore. You need to remember, he was the vo- or is the vocalist for a Christian metal band whose music is in Killing Floor about how horrible it is that we're killing babies. So his opinions were public for a while. You just had to dig a little bit. Um, mm. So eh, that, that's one of those ones where it's like, I kind of knew that already. <laughs> But yeah, but like like that's 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 the last thing that was like kind of big about that yeah. company. So it's 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 good that they're on new leadership that they have. You know, like I I think you know this is this is good. This is going to be good for their image because it's it's you know they're going to be like potentially yeah. Like, it even could even be the good. purchase yeah. information cell says that the the uh, old co-founder will be pursuing opportunities outside the Tripwara. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a uh, it's sort of a a sort of a rebirth for that company and they can mm. they can step away from that and uh people can feel comfortable about supporting that company again yeah i definitely like to have some of their games like killing floors and so on mm. yeah i, I, I played mean, that like, a lot as well yeah they they tripwires put out great stuff i mean like uh i think yeah. manhunters maybe their least interesting release and that's a game where you're mm. a shark with laser eyes yeah man yep. yep. so I, I liked it it was fun <laughs> yeah but mm, yeah Killing Floor is great, though. Absolutely goddamn fantastic, that video game. Um, now, this next, this final Wario 64 about Embracer Group embracing everything really confuses me, which is Embracer Group announces its 11th operating... Uh, announces 11th operating group, Embracer Free Mode, which focuses on retro, classic, and heritage gaming entertainment, game development and production, devices, gear, and collectibles, and more. I, I guess they're making loot crates? But for retro games? Maybe I don't know. Like retro, it, retro game console. I don't know. Like it, yeah, it seems like it seems kind of a very umbrella thing. Yeah. In term, yeah, it seems very umbrella. Free mode is but head, retro. So it, it's 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 essentially just like a new office for Embracer Group and a new name for Embracer Group because Embracer seems to just embrace everybody and then vanish and be as confusing as possible so that we forget that they own everything. Um, but yeah. embrace <laughs> free mode air quotes is headquartered in uh, Karlstad. Question mark Sweden, uh, yeah, with territory so. offices in Livermore, California, London, UK, and Hong Kong. Uh, Free Mode's founding companies are existing Embracer-owned businesses that previously reported directly to our group CEO and HQ. So basically, they they are diversifying because they're so goddamn big. Um, they yeah. they can't report to Embracer anymore. So they're now they now report to Free Mode. So when you see things like uh, it's it's uh what what uh, something matter prime matter uh is embracer mm. uh yep. free mode is embracer thq nordic is embracer and this just kind of seems to be another one of those except this will be focused as as it said on uh retro and uh classic and heritage console so yeah. maybe yeah. like uh, maybe this is where we'll get a uh a, a deus ex remake I, i'm just saying because they own that too <laughs> Yeah. What the fuck do they not own at this point? <laughs> Everything that Microsoft. Has. Hey, em- Embracer, <laughs> do you want to buy a stream team called Halcyon Frequency? <laughs> um, I'd like That's a salary. Yeah. <laughs> we won't change anything. I swear. 
<laughs> it's very valuable brand recognition, sorta. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't like any of this. I'm gonna be completely honest. I, I really, really, really don't like this. Um, it feels but, very dystopian. Yeah. The, I, there's way. part of me that feels better about it than Tencent buying people, because for some reason I trust them more. But I have a, a viewer who works in uh, Swedish internet security, and he is terrified of Embracer. Um, to the point where, like, whenever Sweden and games comes up, he's just like, oh, they're going to destroy the world, and no one's going to notice. So... I, 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 I don't know. There's still so um, such a mystery, but, like, their name is terrifying. Their name like, alone. Yeah, it's just terrifying. I mean, <laughs> like, embrace these. Prepare to be embraced. Yeah. I know the games would have been just much better. <laughs> if we get a remastered Deus Ex 1 out of this that doesn't suck, it'll all be worth it for about 10 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't know. Like, I, I do. All I really hope is that people stay employed and cool games come out of this. Um, I don't think I have, like, post any Embracer, like, acquisition. I haven't seen anything about people getting laid off or downsizing or yeah. reshifting or anything like that. The opposites so... happened, actually. Things have gotten bigger. Yeah, it's yeah. not like EA earlier. Like, yeah. yeah, this like isn't a bullfrog situation. Like buying everything and just yeah. dead company, dead company, dead company. Yeah, exactly, which is good. But also, when did Embracer start, air quotes, embracing things? It would have been THQ, Nordic, right? And... Uh, yes. Co, 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 coach media however which Koch, which Koch has media, changed yeah. their name by the way they're not called that anymore <laughs> yeah plyon yeah they're not called mm. pli, 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 which is also terrible pylon <laughs> pi, pylon that that anyway. plyon plyon it's like it's like a plyon i guess we, we must construct additional plyons um <laughs> so <laughs> to embrace that's that's another title for future podcast but yeah i don't know this is strange yeah it's interesting it's it's yeah we'll see we'll see where it goes they're also doing so many things so fast uh, they are like yeah they, they've been in around, well, they've been around like 2011 formerly about the um, like 2016 in onwards they've been just like gobble 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 yeah well i mean it, it feels for, like. for those of you who don't know like embracer has been around since the 90s like they've they've been an entity for quite some time. They just ended mm -hmm. up with a lot of money in the last five years. Yeah, mm. it's also like where this money suddenly come from. To buy like I, I have a theory, which is a theory and could probably be wrong. I think somebody bought a bunch of Bitcoin. <laughs> Possible. Mm, that's Maybe, my yeah. theory. <laughs> but because like that's Those where does magic seeds. money appear out of fuck nowhere? Create it. Hmm. But they, they also might just be, uh, you know, Sweden. Sweden has a lot of money, right? They just got big investment, and like they're they're not buying companies and milking them. They're buying companies and saying, "All right, keep doing what you do," and make us more money. Yeah, yeah. so it's just yeah. kind of self replicating. Yeah. And there's a lot of there's a lot of companies in in this industry that make money that are constantly told that they're not making enough money. Uh, example is everything that Square just sold them. You know, um, no. like those Tomb Raider games, they make money. Do they make all of the money? No. Are they the biggest, the number one selling games in the world? No. But they make, they make money. A profit. Yeah. 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 And 
I think that they, they seem like a big scary corporation that realizes that you just need to make money. You don't need to make all of the money. And I think that that's a net positive for the industry as a whole. Mm. Mm -hmm. But I don't like one entity owning everything regardless. It doesn't matter if no. they yeah, seem yeah, to yeah. have the right approach because the second they own everything, I'm scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it can always change uh, to a lot worse in a couple of years. Uh. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Also, they're Swedish, so I'm uh, naturally suspicious. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was talking with um, Cornell, uh, who made Jupiter Hell on my stream a couple uh, days ago. And uh, I, I asked, so when, he, when it, because that was when all of this was popping off. And I was mm. like, so when are you going to get bought by Embracer? He goes, me? No, my publisher? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, on the topic of uh, things that take over everything, uh, there is no churches in Farthest Frontier. Um, so this article popped up on PC Gamer uh, about religion in uh, Farthest Frontier. And... Um, to quote the developers, uh, they want to avoid unnecessary drama um, with not including certain types of churches and various religions. Um, and I, okay, so I, I like city builders and I also like faith being represented in city builders because I like historically accurate mm -hmm. things in city builders for the same reason, like it's good that there's uh, incest and marrying wives to like other people <laughs> in um, Crusader Kings because it's historically accurate, right? There yeah. should be churches. The hell, people? That's just my take. Yeah, I I also uh, commented on it while I was streaming that uh, it's kind of weird that there is not, and I was kind of expecting them to maybe pop up later. Like they don't have maybe the religion mechanic. Uh, I mean, the thing is, yet, uh... the thing is, I I get your point. The thing is, though, if we want to be accurate, because the sort of thing is, it is they they do a pretty good job of not telling pinpointing where and when Father's Frontier is set. Because no. literally the trailer includes anything from Viking raids to, like, pioneers of the 19th century US. Like, there is so much mixed together. Like, there's clothing from the 15th century, there is 17th century, there are knights. It feels and very grim dawn where just... it's, like, other world, sort of. Yeah, it's all Like, they could put together. airships in yeah. this game and it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was kind of surprised they didn't lean on some do something like that more because they've created like a like an amazing world in like yeah. Kingdom and also the Titan Quest stuff and everything. So, so I'm okay with them not going like we're gonna put like we're not gonna put Christianity in it because to be fair, if if you were to do medieval Europe, which is not in the in the game, be um, pagans, Christians, Quakers, and a something else. Uh, there would be synagogues because there would be also a lot of Jewish people, mm -hmm. for that example, too. and that yep. sort of stuff. And and that gets kind of overlooked, and I have a feeling a lot of people who are upset about churches would then also be upset that there are synagogues in the game, which is really stupid. Um, I think if they want to do a faith faith system, which I would be okay with, because it could be another one of those needs that you need to satisfy. satisfy it should be just a temple or something. Well, I, I, yeah, they have like shrines you know? in the game right now. Shrines, which yeah. are shrines. They're, they're just yeah, a decorative. Yeah. They they do nothing yeah, aside de from yeah. decoration. Um, yeah, I, I guess. I guess for me, it's just kind of it's a missed opportunity, and I, I, I think that you know, like you said, the game is kind of fantastical, and I, I think I would have, like, for me, it's weird that there isn't a church building in it, just because it's such a trope for it's it's it, mm. it's it's like having a 
um, a, a first-person shooter with no exploding barrels. It's like, what are you even doing? Yeah. Um, so for me, it's like it's and, a it's a it's a city builder trope. Like you, you, there 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 should be a church in there, but at the same time, it doesn't need to be specifically a specific religion. And yes. I, I mean, That's it's fun. it's fine that they're not including it. I just think that this whole article is kind of strange because I'm not mad that there isn't a church. Like I when I was playing the game, I wasn't even thinking about it. I didn't think about it until um, somebody in chat mentioned, uh, "When are you going to build the church?" And I was like. Church? Shit, there is no church. Um, and then I went through the whole list, and there's no church. Um, so I, I look at it, and and I, and I to me, it, it just seems like an odd choice. I wonder also if there was maybe a miscommunication that happened, and maybe, maybe, maybe this was twisted a little bit, and they they said that there's just not going to be churches, there's not going to be Christianity, but in the future there might be a faith system. Not as entirely fantastical, and the entire like second half of that sentence was just dropped. But to to quote Arthur the Bruno, I'm reading straight from this um, PC Gamer article. Mm. Um, so Arthur Bruno is the, um, the 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 lead designer of the game. Okay, and they say. Um, I did not want to add a large religious structure that was purely decorative and had no function, Bruno says. I felt like it, it, that would just lead to disappointment. And the obvious question, why doesn't this building do anything besides raise the desirability of nearby housing? Bruno continued, We talked about it as a feature several times during development where all sorts of different mechanics were proposed, some much more involved than others. We hadn't quite nailed down uh, and... Uh, and some that we haven't quite nailed down, and that's another part of why there's still no religion. Um, for some reason, the answer is obviously a church, maybe some sort of quaint wooden church, and as seen in most small New England towns I've lived in. But wait, this game is set in a colonial period, uh, so it should be a big medieval cathedral instead? What about a Norse temple? Maybe it's not set in a real time period at all. Um... And then they then yeah. he says, uh, we've tried to keep the setting and time periods somewhat ambiguous because I feel people should have the freedom while crafting their own charming town out in the wilderness and watching their people get mauled by bears to imagine the details of setting as they see fit. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think that actually like excludes what I've said. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. To me, it's, and, just, and it it's, also, it's like exploding barrels in a, in a first-person shooter for me. It, it's just it a strange that it's not there. It, yeah, but it also doesn't actually like say it does also doesn't doesn't say that it will never be in the game. There might mm -hmm. eventually at some point be a faith system. They just haven't yeah, figured they, it they out. They said they're gonna add more buildings still in the early access, so Oh yeah, there's, there's Yeah, there's, I can also understand like if they can't figure out a nice you know, like additional mechanic it provides. If it's just a building that's more desirability, yeah. it's kinda of boring. So then yeah, in that case agreed. I would just leave it away as well. Yeah. It could be the decoration is fine. Um but I also think that the it's a they're kind of mistake in my opinion to that just have so wake setting because they could build a like amazing nice world and uh, having like a religion building and figuring out their own religion. Yes, that that's world. true. Yeah. Would be amazing yeah. like world building mechanic that they could easily add with this. Uh, yeah, that's and true. Feels yeah. kind of yeah. like the like you said, it's like a missed opportunity in that sense. Yeah, like and the then religion you, you building. Don't have any like a drama be about it because it's it's not the real religion. It's some grim dawn religion yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We worship the tentacle beast of the underrealms. Yeah, that's exactly, immediately much yes. more interesting. Like, yes. uh, yeah. if, if you leave the setting like super vague, then it's kind of boring as well. Like, there is nothing to really grab onto. It's like, it, it's kind of medievalish. That's why dwarf something. fortress religions are so great. I worship the 
uh, pigeon god of love and pregnancy, and we worship that god by beating up goblins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, so I would like to see some, I don't know, maybe not like real life religion buildings, but like something more like that. Yeah, something something abstract. Uh, not abstract in a way that it's not real, like not based on like a realistic thing, but like just have it like be a faith thing. I mean, I for one worship the uh, beardless skeletal male dwarf god of death and misery and torture. Um, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Paradox announced a new publishing label. Are either of you more versed in this than I am? Because I yeah, I just I just snuck this. that in there because yeah. I I we were talking about Embracer and they're acquiring everything and making things and I remember that I plopped that into there. There hasn't been actually that much. So Paradox, yeah. So that was that was three um uh three days ago. Their first tweet. They've only tweeted two things. Um, so uh, Paradox Paradox Interactive. Um, sorry, CK3, Europa Universalis, those people. Um, uh, so yeah, um, posted on a new Twitter account called Paradox Arc. Huge news. Today is the launch of our new publishing label, Paradox Arc. That's this account right here, which will be focusing publishing efforts to bring deep, endless, and replayable games from smaller development teams to our existing uh, audience and the world. So... It feels almost like they're finally making like a label to put things under like uh, the prison architect thing that they've acquired and the surviving series which they've acquired, and, and cities. All... So. Yeah, and cities exactly, and they're just all Magica kind of pushing that and, into. Um, like they have already published a bunch of things, so uh, so this is just more like formalizing it. Yeah, exactly, wing. exactly, and giving it a name. And now mm. that because now now it's a little bit easier to because right now what we have in those games is just you have Paradox Interactive pop up right, which is like. Wait, are they publishing this, or are they? Did they make this? Because there are some people who are confused, and now it can be Paradox Arc. And Paradox it will still confuse people. Some people do oh, yeah, not absolutely. understand the difference between a publisher oh, and yeah, developer. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least the and, name is different. Yeah, a and bit. yeah, and the same the same day they tweeted about the very first game that they're publishing under Paradox Arc, uh, which is called Across the Obelisk. Which is a, uh, in their own word, an immersive story-driven RPG deck-building roguelite. <laughs> uh, <laughs> same. I don't like deck-building either. Um, it's a card battler. But um, so yeah, so it's 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 gonna be it like looks very mobile game. Yeah, it's it's like those types in, in of games, right? Way. So we'll see. We'll see what Simple else. Is multiplayer coop. Yeah. We'll see what what else comes out of that. Mm. But it's um, it's not a good one to start with. <laughs> I it looks say it's flashy, a, and as in I wouldn't flashy. say it's n not good because I haven't played it, so I won't judge it. But it's not a very flashy <laughs> game to no, start with. It's <laughs> ugly in the same way Slay the Spire is ugly. Slay the Spire is one of the ugliest games I've ever seen, yet it's one of the highest selling games of all time. So you know, that, yeah, that, that no, just shows no, how matter. little graphics uh, can affect the game as well. Just like yeah, Dwarf yeah. Fortress, it can be an ugly potato, but it can be a mechanically amazing game. Yep, yep. So uh, we'll see what else comes out of that. I'm I'm interested to see what else they're doing. It it is it is probably just part like of the the formalization pro process, as you said, um, because they have acquired certain studios and certain games and. Yeah, it, I would it, probably lead led into that with uh, announcing that uh, these games will be now under the Paradox Arc. Uh, so it would immediately like have like a 
yeah. a, a set of games that you know the okay, cities and uh, all these uh, survivals and everything. Yeah, it's like yeah. Parag's Ark. Hell of a lot then better name than Pylon. Play play on. Play on. Play. <laughs> it's a good name, Paradox Arc. I like it. It's the it's the yeah, arc of the Indies. I like the, the logo as well. Yeah, it's good. It's good. But it's another another Swedish company again. Which are not <laughs> true. Yeah, most Swedish. Oh God, so, every, yeah, more publishers that are acquiring the world. I mean, yeah. Embracer doesn't own Paradox yet, so they're still safe. Yeah. <laughs> God, if they, imagine if they buy Paradox. I mean, that would make sense, but Jesus. Oh god. Um, yeah, I don't know if it happens at this point since No, I don't if think they are so. making their own publishing label. Not yet, maybe two years later, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Par- Paradox seems so far at least very independent, considering that they have their their own convention and all that sort of stuff. Like I don't yeah. I don't think they would I, I don't mean, think they would that do doesn't that. mean anything. QuakeCon still exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, and uh, 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 Paradox uh, is partly owned by different things already. But you know what also exists is this episode of Halcyon Frequency Podcast that we just <laughs> recorded. So I'm going to, I think, take us to the ending period of this podcast now. The music you're hearing in the background is by Peter Pohl and Paul Mile. Thank you very much for the lovely intro and outro tunes. FG, where can people find your stuff? Who are you? Uh, I'm FG, but the long form is FG squared. Uh, you can find me under that basically everywhere except on Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, there's a sneaky underscore between the FG and the squared. Bellinair, your turn. Who are you and where can people find you? Well, I'm this weird uh, fiend from the north, and you can find me mostly on, on the internet because I don't go outside. Especially <laughs> on Twitch, uh, just twitch.tv slash Bellinair, and then on YouTube, Twitter, and everything, just add a TV at the end of the Bellinair and look at me. And I'm blind. You can find me at blindirl basically everywhere, except for TikTok, because I don't understand how that silly platform works. We're too old for that. <laughs> and, uh, this podcast, Halcyon Frequency Podcast, you can find more episodes of it at halcyonfrequency.com. If you want to ask us questions about the podcast, you can do that on our Discord server, which can also be found through our website. And if you want to find more episodes of this podcast, it's found anywhere organic podcasts are harvested from the podcast trees. Uh, and if you can't find it, uh, please tell me and I will make it appear there. And uh, that's pretty much everything. So I just want to say thank you very much to listen to this for listening to this episode. And uh, we will see you next Sunday or on the internet in the meantime. Thanks for listening. Till next time. Bye. 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 Bye.